Hello, and welcome to Nostalgia Marcana. I'm your host, Doug Leaf. Each episode of this podcast, we'll look back on the movies, TV, games, people, and phenomena that we still love talking about all these years later, and ask ourselves why these bits of pop culture still enchant us today. This week, we'll be revisiting... Christmas movie doesn't exist. Oh, wait, it does because it has Batman in it. Uh, today we are revisiting 1992's Batman Returns. Uh, and to help me do it here on the same bat time in the same bat channel, uh, I've got my old friend Alex Sosin. Thank you so much for having me back. It's round, it's round two. Let's do it. Yeah, it's funny because you know we recorded the the uh, first Batman uh, episode, the Batman '89 episode. Gosh, probably like in August. I and think it was August. It was before. Yeah, it was way before it was released, which is fine. But well, yeah, yeah. The, the strike put everything on ice. That's um, right. So it was just so as our listeners are, are following along. Yeah, that Batman episode came out right around Thanksgiving. So it hasn't been that long for for you guys, but it's been a while for us. I'm I'm really excited to delve into Batman Returns because it is a one of those movies that's had a pretty significant critical reevaluation over the years. Yeah, I mean we'll get into it, but this this was pretty divisive when it first came out, and I think people have come back around to it and recognize McDonald's it. McDonald's wasn't a fan of it either, so we'll, yeah, we'll get into that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a reason Joel Schumacher was asked to take over after this one. For um, better or worse. <laughs> mostly worse. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, definitely. But I think uh, I think this movie is great. I, I'll i get out in front of this. I don't think it's better than the original. Um, great. A lot of people feel that this one is the better one. Um, there is a lot to love here. So they're they're not totally wrong. I think the first one is a more cohesive movie and maybe a more complete thought. Um, this this one gets a little messy here and there, but again, th- we're going to get into it. But there's so much fun here. Oh, I mean, there's so there there's so much content. I mean, like you said, the well for me, the original um, the plot it's not as disjointed as the second one. I mean, just putting it out there, it's not the second one is more disjointed in that. You have sort of a um, a build up to a third act that sort of arrives very quickly, whereas in the original Batman, it felt like there were proper first, second, and third acts with plenty of time spent to kind of develop, you know, sort of the climactic showdown with the Joker. And again, we, we'll go through it, but this one this one felt more disjointed. Where it gets where it gets points for me is costume design, production design. Um, it's slicker, it's faster, it's very much of the 90s, it's not of the 80s, so it, it has a lot going for it, but the original still holds the place in my heart as the uh, as, as the winner, yeah. in my point, opinion. So, uh, for, for those who don't know, Alex is uh, a writer-director, he's uh, created his own short film, which is a horror short uh, called The Canyon, yep. uh, and since we last met, uh, you have gotten much farther on that, so if you want to tell the audience about you yeah. know, how that's doing... It's it's going great. So we're we're most likely going to have the um, 
wrap party slash premiere in Laguna Beach, uh, most likely on Forest Avenue in the Cultural Center for the Arts. But that's um, it's it's to be locked down. But I'm pretty sure we're going in that direction. Um, we did release the trailer, um, uh, so hopefully everybody got to see the trailer. Yeah, and I'll put a link um, to that in the show notes. as oh, well. Oh yeah, thank thank you. Yeah, we're always plug it plug it. <laughs> but uh, no, we're we're almost done with the film. We're we're literally just adding uh, damage to it to to make it look a little more 70s, a little more beat up. Add, add to the sort of uh, horror tropes. Um, but yeah, we're almost there. And then um, once we're done with that, we're going into festivals and I'm, I'm going to jump right onto a, another project. I'm going to keep busy. That's the that's how you have to do is just keep occupied. Don't linger on one thing for too long. I think it's better to just keep moving. Well, I, I wish you the best of luck with it because the thank trailer you. looked really cool. Oh, thank you. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I wish you all the success in the world, buddy. Thanks, man. Um, so... I usually start out this podcast by talking about our nostalgic memories of this subject. Uh, go yes. back, of course, to the Batman episode to hear us talk about what a bombshell that movie was. And so tell me a little bit more about how you know, the follow up, how, how your nostalgic memories of Batman Returns. You know, it's funny because I know the first one, having listened to that uh, podcast several times, um, I know that I kind of went into the memory of, of having first seen the trailer uh, for the first time when I was a kid seeing the, um, a random movie in the 80s and and sort of um, getting my first impressions of Batman and seeing how dark the whole subject matter was going to be and how scared it w- I was as a kid. So this one, uh, I was a little bit older. I was, I was 12 years old as opposed to uh, nine when I saw Batman. And the the first impression, I think the first photo I ever saw of Keaton in the suit, in fact, it might have been my first intro that they were making a, a sequel, was uh, a shot of Keaton in the revised costume, uh, sort of against a, a, like a neon magenta backdrop. It was really cool. I think my mom even showed it to me. She's like, hey, they're making another Batman. I'm like, no way. As a 12-year-old kid, you're you're going to be extremely pumped. I was extremely pumped for it, as I was with most sequels. I, I suffer from loving sequels sometimes more than the original. But um, whatever it was, I, I knew even as a kid that this was this they were kind of planning it to be bigger, better, everything that a sequel is supposed to be, that it was going to have more content in it. It was going to be uh, – Hopefully a deeper story. It was probably going to be scarier, um, more adventurous. So so that was my intro. I mean, I, I was definitely pumped for it at the time. And, and I, I grew up a little bit. This was the 90s. It wasn't the 80s. But sort of my sort of my intro to it. I know I know I was extremely excited for it. That's that's what I remember uh, most. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those things where the the first one made so much money, a sequel was inevitable. <laughs> and Nichols, and, Nicholson alone was like just reaping the benefits. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, it, it was the late it, Joker. The late Joker, um, not yeah, coming back. Definitely not after what happened to him. No. But I remember walking into a movie theater, and I think my first exposure to Batman Returns, you know, being actually on the horizon, was mm-hmm. seeing those character posters. Yeah. With these giant posters of the you know, Batman, Penguin, and Catwoman, and sort of immediately being like, "Well, okay, they they definitely Tim Burtonified these characters." Yes, and being sort of interested in what they were going to do with it because I mean, I had watched the Adam a little of the Adam West show, right? But I, I and I knew that Penguin and Catwoman were Batman villains, but right. I didn't have like an encyclopedic knowledge of the comics or anything like that to know what to expect from them. Neither did I. I mean, you know, and that goes back to kind of the first one is like, I, I think I'd said I kind of owned like a Super Friends action figure. I was a Super Friends. Like, I didn't know 
Batman was Bruce Wayne. I knew I didn't really know much about the character. I didn't know his parents were murdered. I didn't know how dark it was it was supposed to be. So so when you see the first one as a kid, that's why I think that'll always be my favorite because I'm I'm introduced to those elements for the first time. You find out, oh my god, this man dresses like a bat because his parents were murdered. Oh my god, like this is really dark subject matter. I had I I didn't tune into the comics as a as a young kid. I tuned into the movies. So that's where I got my information. Yeah. I, my my memory of it was I I definitely liked it, but not nearly as much as the first one. Totally, agree. I've come to like it more since yes. then. Has um, but but that that like notion of like oh this sequel is somewhat disappointing. Um, that was relatively new to me when I saw this movie. Yeah. And like I said, again, I came around on it. Like it's you know I'm yeah. I'm going to sing a lot of praises of it here tonight yeah. and talk about it's it. It's just not Terminator Two. It's very rare to get a Terminator Two. Um, right, but. I think, you know, for a lot of people, as we mentioned, it's divisive. Like people, some people right. didn't just dislike it; they were or, or liked it less than the first yeah, one. They loathed. They were, you know, outraged by it. And part of it is we were just talking off mic. Like as you're, you said, your mom reacted that way to it, right? So hi, mom. She <laughs> she hated it so much. I mean, um, I think I remember walking out of the theater when we saw it, when we saw it. I think we saw it probably close to opening night. I mean, I I, I think, and um, yeah, I know. I mean, man, because, you know, as a collector, I got the VHS and I got the Laserdisc and, you know, I, I always had Batman Returns in my collection, um, but she absolutely loathed it and she she hates the movie. She just hate. I And the only thing we could agree on, and we'll take this in chronological order, the only thing we can agree on is that Michelle Pfeiffer pretty much owns that movie as far as like being one of the coolest you know, I said, can you at least, do you at least like Michelle Pfeiffer in the movie? She said, well, yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer I like, but all the goo coming out of the penguin's mouth and all this. And I was, I was like, all right, I hear you. It's, it is divisive. It's, it's borderline grotesque in certain parts. Oh, it's not borderline No, grotesque. it's completely, it is grotesque. yeah, it's grotesque. And <laughs> They're not, way over the borderline. No, and yeah. it's not Joel Schumacher grotesque. It's demonically grotesque in certain parts where Burton had full control, full control. You could see it. Yeah. I, I think. I mean... The penguin, as portrayed here, is well. He's basically like it's a silent. He's a silent movie monster. I mean, yes. makeup, everything about yeah. it. And but yes. yeah, you're right. Just the like, literally, like he's so deformed and so like. Not just that he's physically grotesque, but like the things he says are so coarse. You know, he, it's right. you need Danny DeVito to deliver this stuff. It's like it's Frank Reynolds, basically. Yeah, it's Frank. You know, and DeVito is very much. DeVito in makeup. I mean, he he gives you, you know, frankly, I think he was giving audiences what you what they'd expect. This wasn't like, you know, Colin Farrell as the penguin where it's like, holy shit, is that Colin Farrell? Because a lot of people don't even know that was Colin Farrell under the makeup even now. And this was not uh, a nuanced performance. This was like Danny DeVito letting loose and being as Danny, De like sort of like Jack jacked it up as the Joker. I think it worked better. Danny DeVito went full Danny DeVito. He had that voice. You didn't invite me. So I crashed. And he just, he went full throttle nutso. And, and so you're either sort of going to love it or hate it. Well, he knows how to be really grubby and really, you know, yeah. again, like, you know, these yeah. kind of like lewd things he says. Yeah. And yes, very it's lewd. such a, I mean, for any audience that was expecting Burgess Meredith, you know, I mean, no one had ever. <laughs> Those poor people. <laughs> yeah. No one had ever seen a version of the Penguin like this. And really, no. they've never done it since. Even no. the an Batman Not the Animated the Series. Yeah. Batman the Animated Series came out 
in 92 as well. Right. And in fact, because of this movie, they actually changed their production order so that Catwoman episodes would air first because mm-hmm. they want, oh, the, I think I forget what the villain was in like in their batting order as they, as they yeah, pre- I don't, planned I don't it. Remember, I, I remember the main, I, I can tell you from a production standpoint that this movie, I was also thinking about this on the way over here, is that this, the, this movie, the Batman and the Animated Series looks kind of like this movie. It doesn't look like the 89 Gotham. This looks more like the streamlined dark Gotham almost of return maybe less snow but like it's more is, art deco in this than it it's is in more the first. art deco it's not as macabre it's more um like remodeled industrial industrialized complex like very very much the second movie not so much the first um and the look yeah. of well and and it's interesting the the penguin in the animated series is kind of this bridge between other versions of the penguin so he's sort of got Danny DeVito's body right without the, without the like the goo and the grotesquery, he's without very the face. yeah. It's the opposite. He's actually very dapper and like genteel. Yeah. So you sort of combine these two ideas, but he has like the flipper hands, for example. Right. And I and and in all honesty, Doug, I gotta I have to revisit what the penguin looked like in the animated series. That shows how disconnected I am from it. But I remember. I think I remember that he was more. Well, it was kind of like the action figures for this movie when they came out. They had to. Um, give a more family-friendly version of Penguin as opposed to, like, the full-on grotesque. I mean, you can get something like that from Hot Toys now, but they, they it was so grotesque, this version, that is that they, they didn't even want to show what he actually looked like to kids, even when you bought the action figure or, you know, unfortunately, the Happy Meal or whatever. It was like, oh, lo- look at the happy little penguin or look at the silly kind of, a little more Burgess Meredith, I think. Yeah. They and it, to hide it. And it was that reaction from McDonald's specifically and their Happy Meal toys that yeah. led to... The studio ultimately deciding we need to go in a different direction for the next movie. Yes. Burton was out and Schumacher was in. Shouldn't have had that deal. Not with this. You know, that's the one thing is like Burton doesn't really. I'm so glad Burton had creative control. Like because I I, I like how demented it is. I just think people have a hard time handling it. So that's that's, really what it is. That's not my my issue with the movie at all. To the extent I have criticisms of it, it's mostly about plot structure. Agreed. Everything else is great. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, pretty much plot structure, a couple a couple uh, plot points. Um, but yeah, those those are pretty much like I said. I think disjointed to where you're sort of because this movie they were they were re- uh, rewriting as as they went. In fact, um, I had a chance to talk to uh, back in 2013 uh, Andrew Bernarski, who played uh, Chip, hmm. son of son of Max Shrek. Speaking of uh, silent movie tribute, um, and and he said it was a mess. He he said and he went on to play Leatherface and all these characters. That's why he was there at a convention. But um, yeah, he he said it was a mess and that he he spent you know time off camera just chilling with Christopher Walken. There's there's worse things to do with time, but uh, yeah. he said it was a mess. So it, it's more of a mess. That's my issue is that the plot is more of a mess. Yeah. Well, then let's let's get into that plot because we got a yeah. lot to cover and I think I this know. is going to be a long episode like last time and that's okay by me. Cause I'm cool, man. Merry Christmas, guys. This this episode is supposed to come out on the 25th, so and we're giving you a long one. And happy Hanukkah. Yeah, you got two one, Jews. Two Jews. To, to reach you with the holidays. So um, so we start off um, with, you know, this snow. It's just outside the Cobblepot residence. Yeah, you got the Warner Brothers Logan, you got an amazing lead-in of music. So you yeah. you know, you know, and when that starts, I we'll, we'll go as quick as we can, but I remember that part, and and you know, a lot of people play that back on YouTube, but when it starts, you are under the impression this this could suppress surpass the original. This the music is you're ready. 
this is this is it. This yeah. is another dark spiraling into Burton's mind. Yeah, and they get Danny Elfman gives you the but then quickly and he quickly changes into the yeah. You have got this you know sort of Christmas Christmas horror sort of yeah. Yeah. Uh, which I I love and so yeah so Me this too. is this is the birth of the penguin you know we see you know first you know it's you know labor pains doctor runs out horrified and Pee Wee is shocked Pee Wee yes uh, we, so Paul Rubens <laughs> plays uh, Paul Rubens and uh, Simone play uh, Tucker and I think Eleanor is her name Cobblepot yeah that sounds about right. Yeah. yeah, we see their names on graves later. but uh, So they're the Penguin's parents. They don't say anything. They're, all no. their performance is silent. but Which is great. That was actually really effective. Yeah, and you just this is a great little just montage. You see uh, Penguin in a cage. We don't really see him, but he... Right. Baby they're not Penguin, revealing what he looks like. No, but he grabs a cat and apparently eats it. Yeah. And... Uh, pl- playful Danny Elfman music, you know? Little baby jingles and things like that sort of, you know? It's like, oh, he's eating a cat. So Tim Burton's sense of humor is intact. His dementia sense of humor from the first one is he knows what people want to see well the, so, the cobble pots like calmly look at each other and just like simultaneously yeah. sip their martinis just another night at the cobble pot house and, and, and they just they look at each other they just know like we know we, we have to we do got, it. we got to do it which yeah. is they leave to go dump this baby in the sewer yes um in a bassinet and like you need Terrible. tim burton for this we we talked mm. about with batman 89 like it's a fantasy right capital f yeah and what you're talking about here is like this grotesquely deformed baby followed by infanticide. And it's so horrifying. The right. only way it works here is because you've sort of put it in this world where it's a fairy tale. That's I was right. It, it has so many fairy tale elements that it's almost like an old, uh, you know, Grimm's Brothers Grimm tale or something. It's like and then they dump the baby in the river. But when you when you hear it that way, when you see it in the film, you're not. I wasn't like, how could they do that? I'm like, well, what choice did they have? I don't know. I was kind of, you know, it's like, what are you going to do? I mean, this thing, this thing is definitely a freak. It's very, again, very Phantom of the Opera in a sense. You don't see his face, but you know, there's something hideous, born, born a a freak, if you will. And they're going to get rid of him. And, you know, um, that'll lead the way into, uh, incredible opening credit sequence. You got to give it to the opening credits. Yeah, yeah. You watch this uh, bassinet just travel down these sewers that yeah, are POV. spacious, wide, very sewers. wide, spacious, <laughs> evocative Sp- yeah. man, Phantom of the Opera again, but you're yeah, very, very wide, just, just comically wide where you can somehow go down there and find a family of penguins and they're, but anyway, the credits start amazing intro, amazing development of music. We got Danny Elfman taking what, what worked so well in the original amplifying it getting you ready bats fly out at the screen the logo appears in a new font and you're you're in It's a, it, that's an that's one of in fact I will uh, name plug um, uh, scholar and uh, teacher uh, went to film school together John Trafton we were both just talking about the power of the opening credit sequence of this film it's it, 
it's on par with the original in its in its power, I would say, as, as far as like what it sets out to do. Yeah, it's it, you know again we're inter- we're starting with our villains, and I think that in a way this movie is more about the villains than it is about Batman. Not just because there are mo- hey, he rarely multiple show, villains, he rarely but, shows up, but hey, we'll get it. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't show up too much in it, his own film. Right, it's it's it is a Batman film that's very less much less about Batman than the first one is. Dark Knight Rises, um, and I think. Uh, you know, well, you mentioned the Dark Knight. Like, I think if you know Christopher Nolan tackling the Penguin would not have done this, or could, you no. couldn't do in Christopher Nolan's world something like this because it's too much like our world. And that's the thing again. And and this is not Alex Sosin comes over here to badmouth Christopher Nolan, but once again, with the few movies I like from him, the the continuing problem I have with Nolan in general, and this goes to the comic book movies, is that he takes it too seriously. I mean, even a character in his own film said, why so serious? I'm like, yeah, Chris, why so serious? Why must everything be real world? We're going to escape into a fantasy world. That's what comic book movies are about to be. They're supposed to reflect the real world, but not become it. So I have sort of a love-hate with that that I've never been able to put together. Whereas in Burton's world, you're in, a, you're in fantasy land. You're, you're totally in fantasy land. It's a gothic fairy tale, as was the first one. And, and so... But yeah, he. I don't think he would have. Um, the penguin would have been a very serious. He probably would have been close to the Colin Farrell uh, penguin. I was about uh, to say, yeah, because yeah, I think he would have been. So Colin Farrell's version of the penguin in in uh, the recent yeah, uh, Matt Reeves the gangster. Batman. It's a scarred gangster. A, yeah, and and a lot of versions of the penguin in the comic are especially more recently than mm-hmm. this even they've kind of honed in on the idea that like penguin is not the biggest threat out there in no. fact he's like semi-legitimate and he's almost like an yeah. information broker by running this nightclub called the iceberg lounge the iceberg lounge yeah right. where he sort of like sometimes you know he helps batman sometimes he hinders him right it's kind he's, of like catwoman in that you're sometimes a hero you're sometimes a villain it's it's yeah, that kind of play of yeah. yeah, which I think is actually really interesting, but that's obviously not what we're doing here. We're doing, no. you know, Pe- Penguin as monster. So we get a, a Chiron that says 33 years later, which means, man, that's a rough 33 years for Penguin. Yeah, that's a rough 30. With, he's with only an, 33. Yeah, <laughs> and, a, and and very important here, very, very important is the, is the recreation of Gotham City. Much as Nolan, you know, went from the Batman Begins version of Gotham, which was more industrial and fantasy-like, to, to real-world Chicago in the, the next two movies— this Gotham is still feels Gotham, still feels very scary, still feels macabre, but it's this is more of the animated series Gotham. It's more streamlined. It's as if they kind of rebuilt sections of the city. And in my mind, even though it looks so different, I, I still feel like it is the same Gotham where, you know, a couple blocks down the Joker fell from a church. It's just, it's redone. And this is also, by the way, this is no longer... In England, this is the Warner Brothers lot, baby. They have full studio control. <laughs> Do whatever the hell they want. And it's Christmas time in and Gotham. And it's Christmas time. Which never seen changes that. up the aesthetic a lot. Big because it, the, the, the Gotham we got in the first movie is gothic, but it's also very sort of, you know, uh, German right. expressionist. It's German. weird, but it is slightly more colorful than it is here. Now everything truly is like as black and white as it can be. Yeah. With, you know, with the snow everywhere, these kind of dark buildings. Um, Very silent film. You mentioned silent film, and it, it it is there are a lot of silent film tributes. So it is it is very much like uh, you know kind of F. W. Murnau's Gotham. It's it's become that right. And so we are getting little tidbits of things. So where the the tree lighting is coming soon. Yes, we hear about there's been sightings of this penguin man in the sewers. Yeah, he's an urban legend. 
Um, yeah. And extra, extra, read all about. It. You got the kid handing out newspapers. Right. Alfred and picks one up for fun. He says the news is rubbish. Yes. Uh, and we quickly move on from this up to the Shrek penthouse where we meet, you know, Max Shrek, the head of the Shrek department store, played by Christopher Walken. Yeah. Um, Hamming it up and having a, I mean, clearly having a blast. And this would not be the only time, obviously, he works with Burton. So yeah, well, apparently Burton was really wasn't sure about hiring Christopher Walken because uh, he was scared of him basically intimidating yeah. him to work with him. Obviously, Tim, he, it'll be okay. Yeah. We'll work. It'll be fun. Try it. Yeah. Let's see what happens. And uh, obviously, Sleepy Hollow happened. They worked together. Oh again. man. Um, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, we've that iconic like cat logo for this company is really cool. This sort of yeah. like, almost Felix the cat. Just a thing. slight foreshadowing of what's to come. A I slight. mean, not to hit you over the head, but this thing is the size of the Daily Planet globe. Right, just on right. top of that building there. And so we have this meeting, this board meeting where we're, we're hearing about Shrek has this big plan for this power plant. Yes. Um, Max Shrek, of course, uh, the name is a nod to the actor who plays uh, Nosferatu. Nosferatu. Um, I don't know if this character was meant to also be a nod to. There's a there is a minor Batman villain named Max Zeus. Oh, I didn't, who, I didn't know. Yeah, that. he's a Batman villain who like has delusions that he is the Greek god Zeus. So I wonder, okay. like, well, he does get electrocuted at the end. So I don't know if they were going for something with that, but uh, I, I don't know. I know that at one point in early drafts of the script. Uh, it was going to be Harvey Dent who kind of fulfilled the function that this character fulfills. It would have been Billy Dee Williams coming back. And would have had his face disfigured yes. at the end to be Two-Face in a subsequent movie. That Obviously, yes. they did, that plan fell through. There were also, I mean, there's all sorts of stuff that fell through. There, the Robin was going to be in this movie. And Robin was going to, right, was going to be uh, Marlon Wayans. Right. Was going to be, um, I mean, they had a lot. And then there was stuff for Batman 3. I mean, if you if you watch Birdman, you get sort of a hint of what these Batman sequels could have been like. Um you know, we'll move the plot along, but I um, never thought – I thought he should have been more minor. I mean, this is really a Penguin-Catwoman movie, and that's enough. There, there is enough going on with just those two, not to mention Batman and le- leading his double life. So in my opinion, just saying it early, I, I don't think Max Shrek works in the film. Anybody could have pushed Selena. Co- I don't know. I just – it he never – he's kind of a third wheel he or fourth wheel. He's He doesn't – it's it's a cool costume. It's it's uh, amazing production design. He is definitely sinister, but he's not on those posters. So you sort of see his name in the credits, and it's like, oh, and Christopher Walken. I'm like, shit, this movie's just stacked to the gills. Yeah, I, I think what they're going for is you know you've got this movie full of freaks, you know, right. liter, literal circus freaks, and, human and, and animal and animal. Lives. And this is the you know the human villain it's is human. just as bad as the freaks, right? There's true. something something to that. That's true. But anyway, yeah, we we meet Selena Kyle who comes in as you know this mousy pun intended mm-hmm. uh, secretary to right. you know give them coffee and they give right. her a hard time, right? Um, right. And she calls herself a stupid corn dog. <laughs> yes, corn dog, corn dog, corn dog, um, and that, blasphemy. She forgets the speech, but we, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it, but she's that's pretty much. It's like oh, I forgot the speech. I'm gonna push her out a window. He doesn't say that, but it's like <laughs> that's that's when I knew I'm like oh, she's toast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we can see she's not well liked or respected by her boss. No, because you know, she wears glasses. And yes, and she's extremely meek, and you know. Uh, it's great to have her start here knowing where she ends up in the film. Yeah. Um, and so we cut back down to street level. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see, like, again, we're getting, like, glimpses of the penguin without actually seeing him, his flippers or his right. silhouette. Uh, the mayor wishes everyone a happy holidays and introduces Max Shrek. 
Uh, Ever reliable character actor Michael Murphy still with us uh, as the mayor. As yeah. the mayor, yeah. And uh, we quickly realized that Max Shrek is supposed to give a speech, which he does not have because Selena accidentally forgot it. Correct. Uh, so he he gives you know he he does fine. He improvises or whatever. Uh, but he says, remind me to take it out on what's her what's name. What's her name? Yeah. Forgot my speech. Remind me to take it out on what's her name. Santa Claus. Afraid not. I'm just a poor schmo. Got lucky. And sue me. If I want to give some back. I only wish I could hand out more than just expensive baubles. I wish I could hand out world peace and unconditional love wrapped in a big bow. Oh, but you can. Oh, but you will. Uh, to his son, Chip. He, yeah, Chip is. I'll do whatever you want, Dad. I'm your, you know. He's the strong man. He's the. He's pretty much his bodyguard, Chip. Uh, Chip Shrek. Like in an '80s comedy, he would be like the the. He's like the kid from One Crazy Summer who, you know, who's like <laughs> yeah. a weenie. But like, I love that he's sort of doing a walk-in impression when he talks. Like, it's yeah, yeah, slight, Dad, but... save yourself. Yeah. Oh, Dad, you know, whatever you want, wow. Dad. Time to go down and bring joy to the streets, or whatever he says. Yeah, I know it's you very cut to some clips, but it's very funny to hear him do this. Yeah, he's almost a, walking. He's a reflection of his father, and he yeah. wants to be his father, and that's very clear. Uh, and he says something about like, you know, I, I'm just a poor schmo who got lucky, and I wish I could give you yeah. world peace and a big bow. And yeah. it's like, yeah, <laughs> you he's Gotham Santa Claus, as you know, according to the mayor. Right. Gotham's own Santa Claus, Max Shrek. I'm like, what kind of a what kind of a city do you have to have to have this guy as, you know, I guess it's like Donald Trump being, he's got, I will not go there, but yeah, he's beloved, like New York loves, you know, whatever. Well, they don't love him anymore. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, we'll go back 30 years. Yeah. Um, Yeah. uh, And we hear, uh, you know, all of a sudden, uh, this giant present appears and it opens up and the circus, the Red Triangle gang bursts out. Well, then the movie begins. Then Tim Burton's crazy world of, Sort of pre Nightmare Before Christmas, sort of circus freak. I mean, you got Danny Elfman's music going berserk. You've got you've got sort of in that one explosion with all these guys coming out. You've got this. You've got kind of Tim Burton's layout for the rest of the film. It's going to be this crazy demented trip into into uh, his mind. Right, and we've got you know so there's clowns and skull masks and stuff. Um, the devil with a fl- with the, who blows flames. Yeah, there's a, an organ grinder with a machine gun who just fires yes. at Max Shrek, yes. and the organ grinder is that was it Max Chiavelli who yeah it was the late the late Vincent Chiavelli Met I think Vincent it was Chiavelli, also yeah. in Ghost and also yeah, Tomorrow Never Dies. He, he's and, he's the guy know, on the train. On. Yeah, he's the guy the ghost who's go get off my train. He looks like Jeffrey Tambor or sort Fit, of. He he looks like a leaner Jeffrey Tambor or looked, but he was a he was a famous character actor. So You've got a lot of, by the way, well, casting hands down was was not a problem in this film. I mean, the casting was great. The you know, the, well, who wouldn't sign memorable. up to be in the sequel for one of oh. the biggest movies ever? Oh hell no, no. I yeah. mean, of course you you would do it immediately. Yeah, uh, and so uh, Commissioner Gordon says, you know, light the bat signal. Yeah, so it's lit. Mirrors. I love this shot of like no, how the mirrors like oh, bounce it into Bruce Wayne's office, and yeah. he just stands up and looks at it. Yeah. Now that's been made fun of. 
for the obvious reasons that, my God, you got all these bright lights shining. Now, also, once again, a remodel of um, Wayne Manor. Doesn't matter. Looks amazing. Amazing model work. Um, you know, we're, we're in 1992 now. This is the this is going to be the decade, really, of the sort of the pioneering of CGI as we know it now. I mean, you're going to have Jurassic Park. We had The Abyss. We had Terminator uh, 2. We, we had Terminator 2 one year before. So we are now getting into, and you've got Stan Winston on your side with the Penguin effects. This, this is really going to be sort of the beginning of a combo of CGI and model work. And it's, it's done flawlessly. Even in the, if you watch this movie remastered, the effects look beautiful. Um, so yes, you are uh, in Wayne Manor. It's been remodeled. It works for this film. It's more, it's an even more gothic version of the original, but somehow it's the same world. And we have this iconic moment with the, with the signal shining on. I love the intro of Bruce Wayne here. I mean, he's not doing anything and it's perfect it's like because he's such an oddball so he's he's probably taken a day off from being batman and he's tired and he's literally just staring into space he might be thinking about his parents or he's just sitting and he's he's brooding and he gets illuminated by this signal and you have the the triumph and return of elfman's theme and you have what is probably one of my favorite moments in the film in this little moment here yeah uh and so we cut back to you know, downtown and it's yes. you know, it's Things pandemonium. <laughs> no, it's pandemonium, and then you know the the Batmobile appears. Oh yeah, it's like tripping people, knocking them over. He's There's people on the hood gadgets. of the car. He's yes. got a few more gadgets to show off. Bulletproof glasses in full effect as they fire machine guns right at him. It's it's, yeah. it's really well done. Very, it's almost Spielbergian the the humor in this scene. Uh, the way they handle it. Yeah, they, there's um, yeah. definitely gags here. So, like, for example, yeah. they do this thing where so the, he comes up and there's the guy that's blowing fire. Oh, yeah. And so Great the Batmobile, show. like, this piston comes out of the bottom mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, it, it turns right. 180 degrees. Wouldn't we all like that when we're in a parking space? We can't, well, we'd ruin the car. Yeah, and then he turns on the rocket engine in the back and yeah. roasts leaves this guy. And just leaves him. It's yeah. fantastic. I, I love how, again, I didn't really care about the no-kill rule. Back then, and I don't, I don't care too. This much movie now. Care, is even more of just oh, like this yeah, is yeah, more, no, that guy's dead. He or, ro- and, and later we'll get into the bomb on the big guy, but the, yeah, this guy, this guy's dead like disco. I mean, he it, and uh, it's funny. Once again, like I said in the original, that anytime there's humor, anytime there's a moment like that, it's for me, it's funny. Like this is. Burton being like playful in his own way. Yeah, no, it's played for laughs, right? We're not supposed oh, to go like, oh no, no, that Batman's not supposed to do that. Yeah, when um, he fried the when he fried the guy in the original. I mean, it was it was funny. It was dark, but it was funny. Yeah, it works here because again of this heightened reality that it takes place in the fairy tale world has yeah, been f- definitely heightened. Yeah, um, so he's you know he's Batman's working his way through all these goons, mm-hmm. and we see this clown. Uh, menace Selena with a taser. Another one of the most iconic scenes in the film. Take one step closer, Mr. Man. Better not. <laughs> you missed. Then again, there's you, but you need therapy. 
Yeah, I love this. You know, Batman walks up. He fires his, like, grappling thing at the wall. He goes, you missed. Like you, and miss. then he, you missed. And then he pulls it, and the concrete... Uh, Behind him. Just yanks smacks, the concrete, yeah. smacks the guy in the back of the head. Now, these shots, of course, I mean, I think I'm even looking at... It's, it's around this time, but um, all those shots of Keaton as he stands there and stops, those are really kind of the first... Uh, production photos that they released of Keaton in the costume. I think it was that one scene where he's standing there and he's ready to fire the uh, uh, the grappling gun and uh, get the guy. But that was sort of, that's him in the perfect stance. I mean, that and that's, of course, Michelle Pfeiffer's intro to seeing Batman up close. But a really iconic scene here. I mean, if the, the Batman movies, they're, they're always going to have iconic sequences, like really iconic. That's, you know, for decades to come this was one of them uh, yeah i like this introduction between batman and, and selena yeah she has no um, idea it's obviously but yeah, yeah. uh and th- this is the only time i think usually their their alter egos match up so either it's mm. bruce and selena or batman and catwoman this is the only time you have batman and selena that's you right. never have pre-transformation bruce and, yeah. yeah you never have bruce and catwoman together no. um that way but like she she talks to herself a lot in this movie so she's she after does. batman walks away she's talking to herself and she yeah. just zaps the guy for good measure brief. she zaps the guy and again a nice little little uh a little moment of humor where she zaps the guy and kind of kind of laughs about it um but yeah you know we're we're uh, developing the character as a very lonely soul and uh and people take advantage of her all the time all the time yes and here she needs a big strong man to rescue her which uh you know this is a much more feminist movie obviously so right. we're going to get into that yeah a lot of um, foreshadowing here too yeah yeah so it's a great sequence mm-hmm. um so gordon thanks batman for helping everybody and, asks, he where, off and they just go like where where is max shrek well, uh yeah he's like uh, yeah we have you know to th- the mayor you know we have to thank max shrek where is that insufferable son of a bitch but i but just for a second i love that batman is still like not in the talking mood in these movies he's not going to give a soliloquy like christian bale like the city needs me and the reason it needs me. it's like batman is just he's out he's like yeah i'll see you later bye yeah. yeah, he's very. See Bye. <laughs> he's even more laconic than usual. In, yeah, he's in this not movie. saying shit, and he just took care. Of, he saved the day. But that's what I love about this movie is you know Gordon's like, thanks for saving the day, Batman, and Batman's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> get the hell out he of does, here. Yeah, he just does most of this with like a look. Yeah, you know, which is amazing uh, testament to Michael Keaton. Yeah, uh, and so we go down to the sewer here, uh, and we're in this like the sewer. When we ever see mm. it, it, never looks like a real sewer. No, like there's even like this like giant stone head. Looks like it's a small world that they shut off the lights, and I don't know. Or it's like, like it's very it's cavernous, but it's big. It's too big to be an actual like. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles sewer. Yeah, but there's also this like weird architectural stuff that almost makes yeah. it seem like a lost world more than a yeah, sewer. And like, it kind of is. Well, yeah. Like that, again, that giant stone head that like it looks like Arctic the, World. Yeah, it looks like the the false alarm guys from Labyrinth. You know, oh please, I haven't said it in such a long time. <laughs> like those, like there's I one t- of those taking us way back. We were alive then. Oh yeah. I, I, but like that sort of hint, like there must have been an architect who wanted to put that there. Like, why would anyone yeah. put this art in the sewer? Well, it's like maybe so, it wasn't always a sewer. Maybe, like maybe you know. you know, water levels rose subterranean. It was a city on top of a city. It, it once again shows how ancient Gotham is. Now, again, I love how ancient Gotham looks in the first one. How almost medieval it looks. That it's been around forever. You know, celebrating the two hundredth anniversary. But again, you you get sort of an idea that it's it's almost maybe a city on a city, or it's some sort of. Um, that they kept building and building or something like that. So you, that would play right into it. And they've done stuff like that in other Batman media. So like in, yeah. in Batman Arkham City, the video game, there's like mm. an underground city 
there was oh, like a okay. world's fair. There's uh, I, I know mm. in some of the comic arcs about the court of owls. There's like yeah, a, yeah, an underground city. So they've done this stuff uh, before and yes. after, I guess. Um, so uh, where am I in my notes? Oh yeah. Well, so I know we're going to be probably be going to. I mean, I've seen the movie enough. I think Shrek is on his running. He's going to run into Penguin if I'm not. That's mistaken. where we're at now. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So we're in, so we're now this the first meeting between Shrek and the Penguin who we get for the first time. Yes. I believe the word you're looking for is ah, and that that got a big laugh in the theater. I remember that even even as a 12 year old, I know that that was a because I think everybody needed some relief at that point. I mean, you again, you're 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 going full throttle into Tim Burton's mind, and it's it, it's very dot dark and gothic but you know he'll give you some levity like right there and it works because danny devito is such a gifted comedian absolutely you know like you very few people I mean, get shorty for christ's sakes like, i mean know. it's always sunny i mean there's it's always he, sunny yeah. he's got endless credits uh, yeah. showing off his comic chops but like yeah he, he here he has to carry comedy and horror together right and those are two flavors path- that are hard to do yes it's very hard to do and and he's more of a he's a loathsome figure he's every word you would throw at the phantom of the opera is kind of what he is or a little quasimodo in there i mean he's a he's a freak but i and i'm saying that because like dark man i love that movie he's a freak ladies and gentlemen but he is for all intents and purposes in burton's world a freak but burton identifies more with freaks. I mean, he thinks of himself in a way, if I'm not mistaken, as more of, you know, this is sort of Burton's world now. So nobody's truly bad. I think it's more, he's going for the flavor of misunderstood, although Penguin will definitely do some things that are like really evil, but still. Yeah, it's amazing to me. And I think the score helps with this a lot. Oh, of course. It gets sad. It gets. Yeah, yeah. it does let you feel sorry for Penguin. Yeah. uh, Even while he is doing everything he can to be repulsive. Right. And or, you know, violent or, you know, reprehensible. Yeah. Somehow you still kind of understand, like, yeah, this guy did get a raw deal. He got a really raw deal and he got and this is not the raw deal that Schwarzenegger got. But, you no. know, see, I had to throw in the accent. But no, he got he he got a raw deal. And, and you know, if his parents had somehow not abandoned him and things, you know, maybe he would have been like good mayor Cobblepot or something for all we know. Yeah, I mean, they they do hint at that idea later. Yes. Um, that, you know, maybe dropping him in the sewer not like, a great turned idea. him into, a, you know, the moral monster, monster, not so much the yeah. physical monster. Right. Um, so 
yeah, this scene goes on for a while where it's sort of like the, the, this partnership is struck where yeah. basically what Penguin says is, I got leverage on you because everything you flush down into the sewer, I find, including... Including dead bodies. Dead body proofs you've committed murder, you've been Great you know, poisoning the environment. Love the macabre there, you know. Hey, Max, remember me? I'm Fred's hand. You want to meet any other body parts? And the hand looks so... I mean, I remember in the theater, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, oh, my God, that's a that's a severed hand. Yeah. I'm and, 12-year-old. And the yeah. costuming here on Penguin is great because... Phenomenal. They, he's... This is like sort of base level penguin where he's wearing this like giant long underwear. It's really gross. With like a dicky and like a yeah. fur coat. It's real he wears that more often than not. I prefer it when he is more dressed up like when he's mayor and he's in the full garb. I'm like, "Can we just see you like that?" I that's actually one thing that I found kind of repulsive is this giant guy in the uh Long underwear, especially in the finale, I'm like, he's got to be in long underwear for the showdown. Like, come on, man, put him in some, put him in some shit. I don't well, know. it's so yeah, it's so base to have him in this, but it still it's is a like a baby. Evo- it, but it's still evocative of like the yeah. iconography of the penguin from sure. comics and stuff. Like it, they found a way to sort of have this still work like it's it still appears to be the penguin even without the tuxedo and the top hat oh of course well for the movie it works because tim burton and i even remember behind the scenes as a kid he said he said you know the other versions had their chance we're going to make the penguin the penguin that's what he said and and boy if he didn't do it he made a literal penguin bird freak man with a lot of you know pathos and all that yeah and so this deal is struck with Shrek and, and... And what does that do? See, that's the plot yeah. problem of the film. So, yeah, he's got leverage on him and then he's going to... Help him help emerge. Him help him emerge. It has The mayor thing hasn't... But he's right. going to help him come back to the city. Right. He yeah. wants to come out Return. of the sewer and... Out of the sewer and ascend. Right. We don't know what his plans are yet. No. That will be revealed slowly, what he no. really wants to do. Right. Um, but, yeah, he wants to come out and play, right. basically. Uh, so we we cut to Selena at home in her apartment, which mm-hmm. uh, I was listening to another podcast and they were talking about how much this resembled Audrey's apartment from Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, interesting. Um, I don't. I didn't go back and look at Little That's Shop of Horrors to see if it's in fact the same set. Audrey, another misunderstood abuse character. Yeah, and we know they reused uh, the the uh, dentistry tools. They for, yeah they, from Batman they one. Those indeed were the same ones. If you look at them, you'll see they're the exact same ones, if not duplicates. Yeah, uh, and she's got that like neon hello there in her apartment, which hello I'll, there, I'll lampshade for later. Yes, yes, yes. Um, she's nice got plant. she her kitty Miss Kitty is back from her sexual escapades. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and we, she sadly listens to all of these voicemails. Um, yep. Her boyfriend's taking a vacation without her. Like it's all just like bad news for her. Now in real you life, know. with Michelle, let's let's just. I mean, in real life, if somebody looked like that and it was Michelle Pfeiffer, I mean, I even if that character, if there was a woman named Selena who looked like Michelle Pfeiffer, who was her, like. I don't. I don't see why people would be turning her down. But hey, who uh, am I to judge? For the know. sake of the movie, she's. You know, she is the. Well, yeah, she's pretty right. Catwoman. She is down, mousy. sort of. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, they need her to be down and out for this to work. You have to. Yeah, um, and so, that would be duplicated many times so, with many other uh, would-be villains. Yeah, and she is. Uh, she gets a voicemail from herself, which she where was the reminder to go back to, to go the back office to the and office, get the, yeah. the Bruce Wayne file. Uh huh. Yeah. 
Uh, and so we got to her back at work going through file cabinets and right. Shrek comes up behind her. Working late. <laughs> That's what I would yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah. Comes right up on her. And uh, yeah. she lets it slip that somehow she looked in some sort of a protected file. She Something she wasn't supposed to look at. Yeah. He he yeah he's he knows and he's he's uh, trying to get information out of her and she's and a really it's a really scary scene too. I mean, yeah. You feel you definitely feel scared for her, one hundred percent. And and Walken is is scary. And these are two really really good actors in this moment. What did curiosity do to the cat? I'm no cat. I'm just an assistant, a secretary, and a very good one. Too good? Mm. Listen, it's our secret. Honest. How can you be so mean to someone so meaningless? This power plant is my legacy. It's what I leave behind for Chip. Nothing must prevent that. Okay. Go ahead. Intimidate me. Bully me if it makes you feel big. I mean, it's not like you can just kill me. Actually... It's a lot like that. Huh? <laughs> huh? <laughs> <laughs> you know, for a second there, you really frightened me. <laughs> Yeah, and this is the classic, you know, we already know that, like, he, you know, probably abuses his position of authority over her. But no. she reveals that she's learned that this power plant that Shrek has been talking about building is actually not a, so much a power plant as it is a power capacitor. It's, right, it's going to take all the electricity. See, I actually forgot this stuff because to me it doesn't stuff go anywhere. Never, <laughs> it doesn't go anywhere. And much like Walken's character, and I hate to do this again, but, like, this whole plot point. If it had somehow been not Christopher Walken had been had been something where it's not like a larger than life plot, there's there's too many things going on. I mean, this is really the beginning of this sort of multiple villain, multiple sequel, multiple plot points, and it's either going to work really well or it's not going to work at all. Well, yeah, because what you needed is for this power plant stuff to come full circle in some way. The showdown takes place there at the power. The plant. penguin has designs on it for some reason. Right, right. it's got to be something bigger, but it's really just like a really it's just a way to get her to find out a secret she's not supposed to know yeah it's like the it's like the villains plan in quantum of solace or something it's like i'm going to corner uh the the bolivian water market and it's like congratulations wake me up when uh, you tell me what the real plan is right yeah uh so he (sighs) there's a lot here there's a lot here but basically yeah Yeah. she's learned this secret and i love this interchange just before uh, he pushes oh, her out the window. Curiosity due to the cat. Yeah, because yeah. for a second, like, they do this thing where he, like, says something menacing, like he's going to kill her, and then he acts like, ah, oh, I'm just joking, and then really they laugh scary. about it, yeah. and then he pushes her out the window. Yeah, really scary, really effective, great work, great work by Walken. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's extremely intimidating in this. It, it's awful. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, she crashes, she lands on the ground, cats come out of the woodwork to lick her back to life. Lick her back to life. Um... And yes. we immediately cut to her, like, wandering into her house, right. dazed. Now and, looking more like uh, like a character from Thriller or something. Yeah, and I love... All, all fucked up. Uh, yeah, I love this because this is basically the transformation yeah. to this Catwoman is, as sequence. she 
she just breaks uh, because she she turns on her she goes through her routine, but like now she's like drinking milk out of the carton. She turns on her voicemail message and she gets the voicemail right uh, about uh, going back to the office. And she or screams. Something. I mean, she just screams. Very and, powerful. Yeah. Gotham Lady perfume. One whiff of this at the office and your boss will be asking you to stay after work for a candlelight staff meeting for two. Gotham Lady perfume, exclusively at Shrek's department. <laughs> This is up there for me with the the mirror scene from the first one. Oh, yeah. It's almost as good, I think, as that. Just as scary. Yeah, watching her, because now you're actually watching her come unglued. Right. And she's not totally wrong. I mean, she's been wronged. You know, she's she's been Multiple abused. Multiple times. Yeah. You feel for, I, I feel for her uh, much more than the Penguin in this. Once again, I, I said it once, I'll say it again. I For me, this is the this is Michelle. Much like Heath Ledger's movie was The Dark Knight, and The Dark Knight wouldn't have been as effective without Heath Ledger, Batman Returns would not have worked, in my opinion, without Michelle Pfeiffer. She is, for me, she's the most interesting character. She has the best Catwoman I've ever seen. She has um, the best arc in the she movie. She has the best arc, and she has all my sympathies as a as a viewer. I mean, you really feel ter- terrible for her. So yeah, and they they correctly kind of peg what cat the essence of what the Catwoman character is mm. in that she's not fully a villain and no. she's not a hero. She's a well, she's right? a she's a she's a more hardcore vigilante. I mean, Batman's a vigilante, and she too is a vigilante, but she's doing it. Like she's doing it all for personal vendetta reasons, a little more than Batman, who's kind of saving people. She's what's in it for me. She's a little more uh, introverted. Right. Her designs, though, are never large, like large scale. No. Right. Penguin, Joker, these guys would you know kill everyone in the city if they could. Right. Right. Catwoman's not that interested in something that big. She no. just she just wants to get what she wants and get out. She's uh she's the equalizer. Yeah, but I love that you know she the tables. She breaks the the I love that hell here when she busts yeah, up her she neon turns light. hello there hello there into hell here. And she takes one jacket and turns it into the costume with magnificent sewing skills that somehow she has become the movie's own uh, costume designer. Yeah. They always have to do that in a superhero movie, which is like somebody's got to make that suit. And like, right, okay, Tobey Maguire, I guess you're good at sewing. You're Spider Man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and for me, for me, I don't mind if it never works in the sense like, come on, like what are the chances you actually made? Like with Bruce Wayne, it sort of works because he's a billionaire. Like, but yeah, you, you or I could not sew this. No, you or I cannot sew this. But but um, 
I actually don't like it when they like try to explain too much like how they do it. But this was just enough. She does the jacket. She sews it. We get the idea. We know what she's going to become. It's we don't ask. I don't just don't ask too many questions. And she feels so much yummier. She feels so yeah with an iconic. Uh, Another iconic scene. Well, of course. I mean, we didn't even say how iconic this sequence was. This is one of the most famous scenes in the movie right here is the, the transformation. Yeah, it, it is incredible. Um, top to bottom, great performance from her as she just absolutely. decides, like, I'm, I'm going to, you know, the bitch is back. Basically. Yeah, the bitch is back. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so we get to this press conference. Uh, the mayor's given a speech. Uh, and we now, so one of Penguin's goons comes out, steals a baby, yes. hops down into the sewer, and the Penguin, quote-unquote, rescues this baby yes. uh, by rising out of the sewer on his giant duck thing. This was a remarkable scene only minutes ago in Gotham Plaza. The mysterious penguin saving the life of the mayor's baby and announcing his presence to the world. All I want in return is a chance to find my mom and dad. A chance to find out who they are and thusly who I am. And then with my parents, try to understand why why they did what I guess they felt they had to do to a child who was born a little different. A child who spent his first Christmas and many since in a sewer. Mr. Wayne, something wrong? No. Uh, his parents. Again, this scene direct from Gotham Plaza, where we have just witnessed the emergency of the Penguin Man of the Sewer. Here he is standing alongside Gotham's leading citizen. This was just this was just made fun of uh, by uh, Ryan George, who does pitch meeting. I find him hilarious, but but he did the same. Well, it's kind of like so. Uh, how is the audience, how are we going to believe that at that just one moment that he just happens to rise out right there and that this one villain did this, you know, like it's very, well, it's very theatrical. How about that? It's very right. theatrical. I suppose it works, but but it's a it's a bit of a stretch. Yeah, but obviously this is a staged kidnapping to make the penguin look good. Yes. Uh, and he comes back and he says, all I want is just a, a chance to find my mom and dad, a yeah. chance to find out who they are Bruce and who Wayne's I am. Yeah. And Bruce is actually convinced by this. He's like, oh, I hope he yeah. finds his parents. His parents. Hope he finds them. Now, the the movie is not explicit on this point. Mm. Um, my take is Penguin already knows who his parents are. He knows they're, he, this is all, all yes. of it's a sham. Not yes. even this part Agreed. is real. So yeah. you, you think it's the, the same thing? I think so, too. I think maybe there's part of him. I think there's very little natural kind of inclination to find out who his parents are. I think a lot, of, like when I saw it, again, to me this was more, like I was more focused on Catwoman, I think. And and again, there are a lot of things going on at the same time and there's some serious, um, you know, timing issues as to one thing happening when another should happen. So this is this is very much not the first one. But I, I think, I felt like he was putting people on from the beginning. I mean, he's just such a wretched character that that you sort of, like, I thought he was kind of bullshitting everybody. I mean, I think there's a moment where, like, in his mind, like, maybe it's like, okay, I really do want closure on my parents. I don't want to find them. But I think he, 
maybe he knows that, but I think he hates his parents' guts. How about that? Oh, I'm sure he does. Yeah. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know that he necessarily cares, but, right. but I suspect he already knows that at some point earlier in his life, he figured this out. They're gone. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think you've got that novelization in front of you. I do. I feel like I, I may have seen this somewhere that it's implied, at least in the novelization, that he had a hand in their deaths. Oh, interesting. See, yeah. that's there you go. Once again, so that could have been an earlier script and that could have been. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. I, I feel like somewhere that that concept was I don't know if it was in an earlier draft of the script or if it's in the novelization, but there's yeah. nothing in the finished film that says that. So no. I feel like it had to come from one of those sources. Yeah. You only see them in the beginning and then 33 years passed. So anything could have happened like any goddamn thing could have happened. Right. There's the, the movie doesn't linger on that. No. Um, so. We, we Penguin goes to the Hall of Records where he's not to be disturbed and yes. Batman's on patrol. He kind of passes by and watches as Penguin is just writing something. He's, he's going yes, through but records. He crew, he, more importantly, Batman, one, this is a scene with Batman in it, which is rare in this film. <laughs> and two, this is one of the coolest shots of Batman ever. This is when he's in the car. I mean, you see this in memes now. When he is in the car looking at the Penguin, the lighting there, let's not forget Let's not forget the redone Batman costume. I mean, how streamlined it was. And I think most, a lot of people like this movie for the costume alone. Like, like it gave us, I prefer the original costume. I think it's a scarier costume. I think it blends with, with the knight better. But this is a true kind of remodeled knight. He has more knight-like elements to his costume now. It's a lot more streamlined. So, but anyway, I digress. He's, he's looking at, uh, he's looking at Penguin in his amazing remodeled costume. Yeah, and, and, Already they're doing this, they're giving the penguin this sort of trademark flair. So he's got he's the got monocle. The, the monocle, And he's yeah. got this giant quill pen he's writing with. Yeah, he's more penguin-like for sure. Like more of the old school sort of sort of approach. Right yeah. There. yeah. And uh, so, yeah, so he's he's making a list. He's checking it twice, but we don't yeah. know what this list is or why. Yes. Uh, we'll find out later. Um, so we cut to the Batcave. He's researching the Red Triangle Circus and these, you know, News clippings about like there were child kidnappings and the police wanted to interview Aquatic Bird Boy. Yeah, but he, Aquatic Bird Boy. But he disappeared. Yeah, very similar to kind of like a Alfred Let's Go Shopping in the original, uh, the original '89 Batman, where he's kind of on to what the plan is, or at least beginning to investigate as right. the Dark Knight detective should. Yeah, I, and I I like this again. We're we're laying in here that like what the Penguin actually is is some sort of child murderer. Right, and you know, which is really, really fucking dark, by the way. In fact, I think that's the for for the context that for me that was the darkest stuff. I think is when they when they hint at that. I remember that that the triangle right. game strikes again, and that they they murder children. It's like, oh my god! And for what purpose? Uh, only just Penguin resents kids that have had a better life than him. Yeah, but it's not clear enough. But we we'll keep going. But it's not. It's, see, it doesn't have as much clarity as the original, where the Joker is kind of like falls in the ass, and he's like, I want to give people a taste of my medicine or something. Like he's more Joker like. His his antics are 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 larger than life and bigger. The Penguin, I think, it's a little more personal. You might say. Well, like, the Joker it's a smaller. The Joker, by nature of what that character is about. Out is is kind of has more leeway to be random in what he does because yeah, he represents a clown. Yes, yes. absolutely. Uh, and, but the Joker, in especially in Batman eighty nine, mm. is a gangster already. He's yeah. a mobster who. And this version of the Joker is much more mobstery than right. say Heath Ledger's or you know certainly the others that have come after him. Right. Well, Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger was the modern. Like I said, like kind of post nine eleven terrorist. He was a, he was a terrorist in modern society. He's what we fear the most, frankly. Right. His and acolytes are not gangsters. His acolytes are crazy people. They're crazy people, and they're very very real. So. Right. Right. Um, so 
we go to the Cobblepot Graves, where yes. Penguin makes a big show out of putting out a ro- Tucker and Esther, not Eleanor. I was wrong. Ah. Uh, Tucker and Esther Cobblepot. Um, and the reporter asks him about, you know, hey, Penguin, you know, and he gives this wonderful speech. You know, <laughs> I was their number one son. Yeah. yeah he's a, a penguin is a bird that cannot fly. fly. I'm a man and I have a name. Yeah. He gives this, yeah, the whole, it's you know, I'm the, a human the elephant. It's the elephant man moment. Right. Uh, but then you're right. He gets this really gross joke. Says, I was their number one son, but they treated me like I was number two. Yeah. Which got a lot. Yeah. They treated me like number two. But I forgive them. Yeah. And I, again, you're like, it, it's this like marriage of like trying to be dapper and genteel, but right. like he delivers these like just gross poop he's, jokes. He's, he's ferocious. There's nothing subtle about him. So it doesn't, when he puts on that charm, it's such bullshit. You sort of know already like how ferocious and how, you know, gross he can be. So. Right, right. Uh, so he forgives them. Yes. Uh, you know, my heart is filled with love. All this crap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, very fantasy land when they cut to the people. It's like, his heart is filled with love. It's very, a little more, uh, like I don't know. like a frog that became a prince. Yeah. It's like, no, it's he's little, not. Yeah, he's more like a penguin. Yeah. yeah that's it, some funny, funny moments there. But movie, not like Batman 89. This is the people have become a little more like fairy tale-ish. I was say, this movie is fairly cynical. Um, yeah. In particular, in its view of politics, it's very just oh, yeah. like, you know, yeah. you kiss a baby, you're in, you know, like it, it's and all it's it true. It's true. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's actually it is, uh, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Um, so now we get to Catwoman on patrol for the first time. For she, the first time. She was missed. Yeah. I love that. Like she she does this bit where she like she foils, you know, a woman about to get raped. Right. She intercedes and she saves this woman. Right. But but yeah, it's, it's it's the not, turnaround. I'm after. not exactly your savior either. Yeah. Well, yeah, she basically says, like, you were, you know, you made this too easy for them. And she, you know, gives That's her right. a scratch Always waiting face. for some Batman to come along. But very feminine, you know, like very much pro-woman in every way as far as, you know, it's like, you know, I am Catwoman. I yeah. am woman, hear me roar. That's an, that's another iconic moment. Yeah, I saved you, but basically I need you to step up next time. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, like yeah she's, exactly. So she's still, yeah. like, terrifying and villainous even when she does a heroic thing. Uh, right. be gen- a lot of sex jokes from her too. You know, a lot of sex jokes. But they're like sexy sex jokes as opposed to penguins just like <laughs> no, sex jokes. I, yeah, like when they try to hook up, it's it's you, you do want to throw up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um when they almost hook up anyway. Right. And this, this is where like uh you know, I am Catwoman, hear me roar stuff. Very accurate. And she just cart backflips backflips right? away yeah. yeah i don't know is that michelle pfeiffer that's got to be a stunt woman doing that oh that would right? have to be yeah so i think uh she kind of pulled out of the shot because it's a close-up i am catwoman hear me more roar she sort of draws backwards michelle pfeiffer and then i think it cut to a wider shot of the of the backflip going but it was a seamless edit it was yeah. a really, oh yeah it was no, really it, good at it yeah and then whoever they body doubled her for it's like it's per yeah. you believe it's her doing those backflips yeah stuff. yeah yeah um, for sure so now we get to this meeting the next morning between Shrek and Bruce Wayne. Yes. Um, and I love that he says, oh, my assistant's on vacation. And Bruce yeah. is already sussing out that this power plant thing is weird. Yeah, he's not going to – well, he's going to have it out with Shrek here. You think he could go 15 rounds with Muhammad Shrek? Well, I guess we're going to find out. Of course, I don't have a crime boss like Cobblepot in my corner, so it might be – Crime boss. Show us what you know, mister. To the manor born with a silver spoon. Oswald is Gotham's new golden boy. If his parents hadn't 86 him, you two might have been bunkies at prep school. Oswald controls the Red Triangle gang. I can't prove it yet, but we both... Wayne, I'll not stand for mudslinging in this office. If my assistant was here, she already would have escorted you out to... Anywhere he wants. Preferably some night spot, grotto, or secluded hideaway. 
Nice suit. Selena. Selena, Selena. <laughs> That's my name, Maximilians. Don't wear it out or I'll make you buy me a new one. Selena. This is Bruce. Wayne. Yeah, we've met. Have we? Oh, I'm sorry. You know what? I mistook me for somebody else. Sorry. You mean mistook me? I mistook me. Yeah, yeah. That's what I, isn't that what I said? No, I don't think so. He's going to sort of, they're not going to, they're not going to, um, they're not going to see eye to eye. No, they're not going to partner on whatever no. kind of business deal is maybe in the offing here. No. Uh, and he says, I don't have a crime boss in my pocket like Penguin. Mm. And, you know, Shrek goes to bat for Penguin. Yes. Uh, Bruce tries to say, no, he controls the Red Triangle gang. I, you yeah. can't prove it yet. But, Oswald, you know. right. And then in comes... Uh, Selena. Selena born again. Right. And I love the way Walken plays this of like, because she's supposed to be dead. He is, he, well, he, he, yeah, that acting, uh, you know, he can't stop saying her name. Uh, Selena. Selena, Selena. That's my name, Maximilian. Don't ma- don't wear it out or I'll make you buy me a new one. Right, right. He's beyond, he's beyond words as anybody would be, but he's, yeah, another great performance. Yeah, and I love that he tries to like hint at her to like, you know, say, because she's got like bandages and stuff it's on like, help her. Help me out here. You, I didn't push you. <laughs> yeah, you know, oh, you injured yourself on that, on that ski, ski trip. Yeah. Is that why you had to forfeit your vacation or something? I don't know what he says. Yeah, yeah. he's trying to like hint, hint, give him an excuse. She doesn't really take the bait. No. Um, because now she's in charge. Now she's in charge. And I she's, love it. And it also, this, this moment is very interesting because she is Selena Kyle and Catwoman at the same time, which is a kind of a dual identity thing. You sort of have that where she's in broad daylight, not wearing her costume, but she's very much Catwoman. Her attitude like towards him. Yeah. Is. Very, very different. But I love that like when, you know, she, she walks Bruce out. Yes. And their relationship in this movie is so good and believable. I like her with him more than I like him with Vicky Vale in the first one. That like is it. so interesting. I don't, but I I'm with it. but uh I will say that the two actors did a good job, but it's but what you're saying I think it works because they they both instantly connect as having kind of dual identities. There there's something there where they connect immediately because they're they're living sort of a similar life. And you know, despite Catwoman's villainy, the movie is obviously setting us up to, you know, be on her side. We want her things to turn out well for her because Right. Again, she's been wronged. You know, we want she deserves right. a nice guy like Bruce Wayne. Right, know? right, right. And in some in some world you sort of want them to end up together. Right, which is again classic Batman Catwoman stuff from the comics. And it's also tragic. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, they, they agree that maybe they'll go on a date sometime. That's right. And so now we get back to Bruce, I mean, not Bruce, uh, uh, yeah, Shrek Chip and Chip. Chip. Yes. I love it. You know, who oh, thought Selena good. had a brain to damage? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, I'll drop her out a higher window yeah, next yeah, yeah. time. On second thought, I'll drop her out a higher window. In the meantime, I got bigger fish to fry. Right. And so we get to Penguin at, quote unquote, at work. Again, he's working on this list. Yeah. And, and he's got his, like, circus folks around i think this time yeah he's in he's got this like it's hard to call it an office it looks more like an attic space yeah it's at the top of this spiral staircase that goes Some, down like, to a collected space somewhere it's a maybe a lucius fox is nearby with the you know the shutdown wayne enterprise i don't know yeah yeah it's not clear where this is but it's some space it's that max controls Correct. Yeah. Um, but I love that Max comes there to talk to Penguin. He looks behind him and that's where he's got all like the, the circus folk just like hanging out. Yeah. yeah. He's like, how you been? <laughs> yeah. Is that what he's, I think he's like, hey, how you doing? Like, Weird group. I remember when you guys like grabbed me. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's his, interesting. His, his extended, he does refer to them, I think, as like extended family, yeah, right? It's yeah. Extended, yeah, it's extended, yeah, it's his circus gang of uh, of murdering uh, circus freaks. And so we get this thing where, he, you know, Max has news for him. Penguin's mm-hmm. kind of like, ah, I'm busy, I don't want it. Right. And Max tempts him with this giant, like, raw fish. An actual fish. Right, like a... That Danny DeVito did eat. Yeah, and it... This reminds me of like the the Bruce sleeping upside down stuff from the first one. It where becomes it's like, literal, yeah. Like literally, he's a penguin. He's going to eat this giant raw right, fish, right? And as he's like biting into it with this like black bile, is like oh, it's of it or him or it both. It is disgusting. Yeah, it is absolutely gross. I don't know why he would bring uh, Oswald into the next scene with the fish. Like, let him finish it first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Least. But no, he does. He's got, and, and with his mouth full and fish all over him, he, uh, he's, uh, greeted to, uh, his, his, what, the party for mayor or whatever it is, or the, the, the election or whatever. Yeah, this is the unveiling of the Oswald for mayor concept. Camp- campaign. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Adulation is across the bear. God knows I know. But someone's got to supplant our standing in the way of progress, Mayor. And don't deny it, Mr. Cobblepot. You've got the magic. Your charisma's bigger than both of us. Come on. Mayor. Mayor. Max, elections happen in November. Is this not late December? Don't worry about it. I want you to meet Jen and Josh, my image consultants. Here, reclaim your birthright. I'm Jen. Hi. Okay, let's see. Uh, what I'd like to do first is to put these little glove thingies on you. Our research tells us that voters like fingers. So if we want to just lose this, we'll, you know, we'll do it another time then. Okay, Doug? Not a lot of reflective surfaces down on the suit, yeah. huh? <laughs> Still could be worse. My nose could be gushing blood. <laughs> Your nose could be. What do And I love this yeah. is a great moment because oh, we've been okay. setting this up as a Christmas movie, and yes. I love that like Penguin is smart enough to go like, "Hey, wait a minute! Elections are in November. It's the middle of December." It's the middle of December. <laughs> and yeah. he has to go like, "Uh, you know, there could be a recall, or you can get <laughs> yeah, a beach yeah, yeah. or something." Yeah, um, really, really like savvy. Yeah, you know, getting out ahead of the like nitpickers in the audience to go, "Hey, wait a minute." That election's eleven months away. Yeah, and it's it's you know fr- from this point, I mean. The- I remember seeing it as a kid and it wasn't the same as the original Batman. So so the plot points for me, even though they, they give us all this stuff, for me, it was more about the production design or it was more about the gothic world. But I, I was starting to lose who what was going on for some reason. The thread. I think even now, yeah, the thread, because there's so many things going on, but it doesn't have just the Joker and just Batman. Now you have three three villains with different agendas and you have all these through lines and you're sort of... It, you know, to me, that actually weakens the plot, weakens and, the film. And it th- even it throws Penguin for a loop. He's like, that's not my plan. Like, what is it? And yeah. he, he eventually warms up to the idea of, oh, he gives that like little like, oh, where, where's your mayor. coffee, Mr. Mayor? Oh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me suck your dick, Mr. Mayor. Yeah, exactly. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is the biggest 
something I've ever seen. <laughs> the biggest like, umbrella I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, it was. Yeah, he gets really, he gets uh, vulgar as usual, repulsive, and yeah. uh, it's perfect in character. And so now we get this mo- a couple, two really iconic moments in the film. Yes. One is I love this short bit with Jan Hooks, the late wonderful the late Jan, Jan Hooks from also was in Pee Wee's Big Adventure, and she's on SNL for many years. Yeah, just a really wonderful comedian. Yeah, uh, and as she tries to like be this image consultant. To like, oh well, we can use some makeup on your oh, nose. Oh well, maybe maybe some other time or something. You know, she's he's not in the mood. She come she approaches. And him he like, does this thing with her, like he does this multiple times in the movie. He's basically just like grunting at her. Like, yeah, he's like, oh, oi. Uh, it's a little, yeah. but it's not cool. like sexual grunting this time. It's more just like, uh, well, it's like, like, like he, does he have trouble breathing because I don't of his know. Like, to me, issues? it was kind of sad. It was like, oh, woman, close, get get with woman. I don't know. Like it's yeah. very animal instinct. Yeah. Or so. it's gross. He's not looking at her lustily. It just looks like, like no. this is just a noise I make because I'm an animal. Yeah, like, it's it's real gross. Yeah, it's full full Danny DeVito fully in character. I think he stayed in character the whole time. Yeah, he didn't stay with the other cast. It's one of the he like kind of Daniel Day Lewis did where he isolated himself in the full makeup or whatever to get into that mood. Yeah. And then we get this other moment that we talked about earlier where the, yeah. this uh, intern well, he, or whatever he is... He insults is, him. He insults him about his big nose. A lot of reflective surfaces in the sewer, huh? Yeah, not a lot. Yeah, Not a lot. Saying, You're ugly is what he just basically yeah. says to him in so many words. And yes. the penguin, you know, it's like, this is the wrong person to say that to. You, yeah. Because, yeah, I love how he responds to that. You know, oh, about, you know, my nose could be... Could be worse. My yeah. nose could be gushing blood. And then the guy, before the guy can follow, what does he do? He bites the shit out of his nose. And the blood just like practically flies at you. It's like, it's nasty. It's, it's, it's real nasty. And, and it's also, great burden. It's great burden. And also that like, but the mayoral campaign shall continue. This is not, this yeah. is not a deterrent to anybody. This is what he does to people behind the scenes. This has nothing to do with, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, pr- pretty amazing just scene. And again, a real test of the audience's uh uh, fortitude to yeah, watch this. Yeah, really, it, it did test them. Remember, you know, like you said, this is sort of like a love-hate movie. I think a lot of people like it because it's very dark. It's it's very twisted. In some ways, it's more twisted than the first one. It's definitely, for me, the weaker between the two, but but it get. I think it just gets gets fully into the Burton version of Batman with him in full control. Right. Uh, but now the fact that, you know, we need something to get him to be the mayor yes. comes up because, you know, what are they going to do? And burn, baby, burn. burn yeah. yeah. So the, the plot is we need to up the crime so that people will lose confidence in the mayor and probably by extension Batman. Right. Uh, to want a, a mayoral recall that will give him the opening to get. To in. be the right, right. Uh, but Penguin also says, "Hey, but I don't want to get sidetracked," which begs the question: From what? Again, uh, we'll find right, out later. But, right, right. He's yeah. sort, he's keeping that. Yeah, he's keeping that a secret from the audience too. Right. He still has his his ultimate plan that yes. he wants. Uh, so we cut to this poodle with a grenade. Yeah, a nice music transition to Yeah, and so now it's more, you know, mayhem with the clowns more versus mayhem. Batman. Right, more street mayhem. Uh, I lo- this is an interesting gadget. This programmed batarang. Yeah. Where he can like it works. It works. He like yeah, he, it yeah works. he's like got a radar yeah. on it or something, and he programs yeah. it, and it just flies from person to person. And yeah, it whips everybody's ass. It's uh, and and you're there for it. It's it, it's very similar to what they did in uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, with the arrow. When you're following the arrow into the tree, that was such a big moment, and now they get to do it with their. Uh, very CGI looking batarang or whatever they were testing at the time, but but it works. It's a good special effect, and it's, it's a uh, it's a cool gag. And I will cool say, moment. when you get to do this in the Arkham video games, because oh. you can get a batarang and you basically 
can highlight a couple of enemies, and oh. then you throw, so it'll go boink, 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 it'll knock them out. Oh, man, you so, play more than I, yeah, I, I, I maybe I should games. get into that stuff. Oh, yeah, I'm a big yeah. gamer. We've covered <laughs> nice. a lot of games on this, on this yeah, yeah. cast. Um, so now we get to Catwoman, skipping along, cartwheeling through the Shrek's depart- uh, department store. Yes, that's right, because he's out there, and, and the Penguin is observing, is uh, admiring your handiwork. He's he So he's observing what's going on, and Batman is uh, is knows what's going on. He yeah. can already sense as a detective of what uh, Penguin's actually up to. Admiring your handiwork? Touring the riot scene. Gravely assessing the devastation. Upstanding mayor stuff. You're not the mayor. Things change. What do you want? Ah, the direct approach. I admire that in a man with a mask. (laughs) You don't really think you'll win, do you? Things change. Meow. And I love how playful the stuff with Catwoman is. This is our first look at her whip tail thing yes. that is very, very long. I forget how long. Well, it she was. was in the department store before that. I think. I think while Batman was beating those guys up, yeah, you're in in there. She's in the department store, and she did another fucking iconic. I mean, the one thing the movie is loaded with is like iconic, memorable scenes. The images and like shot composition. In this yeah, is fantastic. It, they're they're great. Uh, the editing, all that kind of stuff. That's that's fantastic. But yeah, she uh, you could see the behind the scenes videos does it in real life. But she decapitates several mannequins with her whip. And it's awesome. Yeah. And then she does this uh, awesome thing where she gets a bunch of cans of spray paint and puts them in a microwave. Puts them in a microwave. And uh, it also starts a gas leak, I should say. Yeah. And, and this is, this, it's a little zanier because now, you know, you have, you have, you know, signs that read, you know, gas. You know, it's a little more, it's a little more, uh, oh, I don't know. Maybe it's the beginning it's of that. Uh, a bit. It's a little more. Yeah. It's like the beginning. It's not going to Joel Schumacher, but it, it has the leanings of where Schumacher, like, it's say, like, oh, I could do that. I don't know. But it's still you dark. Need, you need Burton's particular sense of humor to make this work. That's true. because it, And it works because you know that he's sort of making fun of and paying tribute to sort of a, a fantasy world cartoon. So that's, mm-hmm. you're right. Right. Uh, and so now, yes, you're right. You have that wonderful confrontation between Batman and Penguin. Yes. Where Penguin says, oh, I'm just sur- mayoral stuff. I'm surveying yeah. the devastation. Yeah. And he says it in a way where he, he, again, poking fun of politics, he's kind of quoting what a politician would say. I think he's sort of like, oh, you know, observing the devastation, doing it. But he's almost like quoting it like it's like it's, you know, what a typical politician would say. Like Shrek told him to say this. Yeah, mm-hmm. something exactly like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, and so Cat, the mayor. Yeah. while they're talking, Catwoman just happens upon them. Yes. Uh, and we get that wonderful. Flips exp- right towards them. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't just walk up. She has to. Flip towards Makes them. an entrance, and Danny Elfman's music is right there with her. And then kaboom. Meow. Of yeah. course. <laughs> um, and a huge-ass explosion. Really, really well done. Speaking of huge-ass explosions, we did skip over something, which is that sequence with Batman versus that big dude and oh, that was dynamite. The, okay, so let's go. Let's let's backtrack. So, so I don't know if this is going to be edited later. In the nah, I, 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 we'll probably I, just go... 
Whatever. Probably showed the clip, but uh, yeah, a a major. Uh, it's still talked about, but Batman breaks his no kill rule. But you know what? Fuck that guy. He already did. I love. He already did. It's he like, did it in the first movie. It doesn't matter. He's de- the guy is defending himself. Give him a break. This is not Ben Affleck. Like when you watch Zack Snyder, it's almost like malicious the way that Snyder. Do- I I do not like Zack Snyder's vision, but like when like. You know, Ben Affleck engages, goes full on with machine guns and machine gunning all these people or whatever. And that one like Batmobile, like Batman v Superman, there was that big Batmobile chase and he's like just killing everyone. I'm like, is this like Call of Duty or what the hell's going on here? This is a Batman movie. Anyway, so I digress. The big confrontation during the during the street fight with the circus gang, uh, of course, uh, Keaton, full costume, amazing costume, encounters uh, the big guy, another late actor from uh, Over the Top, I want to say. Uh, he, he was, arm wrestler and Over the Top, who dares Batman pretty much, you know, to hit him. He's like, yeah, hit me. And Batman keeps taking shots. The guy's, getting anywhere. guy's you know, implacable. Or, and uh, so Batman has a new trick. And he's taken a bomb and put it onto the guy's waist. And before the the guy's in shock, and Batman gives a really sinister smile and kicks his ass into uh, an open manhole. a gutter, a manhole, and uh, a really awesome explosion. And Danny Elfman's right there with you with the music. It's really a kick-ass scene, honestly. I love that scene. I I really like that scene. And again, yeah, it fits the comic world where you know. Yeah, I mean, he maybe he's not dead. You're maybe one shot away from off. him coming out of the manhole, like covered with in soot, co- right? And but Schumacher would go there probably, but this is but Burton will not. Burton's like, well, he's probably pretty dead, but you know, somebody, some other subpar comic book movie would have some guy with a smoky jingle all the way did it for Christ's sakes, right? But right. that's okay, I like that movie. Uh, and so, yeah, so let me get back to where we left off, which was again, meow, boom, boom, and then we, they, they take Bat Penguin goes, I saw her first, and he uses his like copter yeah. umbrella yeah, yeah, yeah. to yeah. go up, so everybody goes up. Penguin blocks Batman, and he's he's going after her alone. And right. Yes. And everybody goes up to the rooftops, and we get this rooftop battle between Batman and Catwoman. Which First is, of many. Yeah. Which is awesome that like Selina, who's been Catwoman for all of probably forty eight hours, and is <laughs> you know, yeah, crazy and you know, slight, um, is able to really give Batman the business. Yeah. She kicks his ass. Well, it's sort of it's it's sort of the same effect as the first one where the Joker is able to sort of take down the Batwing with a really one well placed shot. Well she's she's got the edge, she's got what Batman doesn't expect, which are these uh, lethal cutting edge, you know, sort of um what were they like sewing nails or something? What did she use? Yeah, they're like thimbles with they're like these like, hooks on the end. And she she whips some ass with that. She's you know, she finds the vulnerable spots on the armor and she goes for it. Right. She claws him in like his like side there yeah, and she, and she leaves one of those out. behind. Yeah. We'll How could out. you? I'm a woman. I, I'm sorry, I uh, and boom, <laughs> once again. Takes him down. Yeah, I love that too. Again, she's going to play on his chivalrous nature there to right. get one up on him. Right. Uh, and uh, you know, this is where we get that line life's a bitch and so am I. Yes. Um, she falls, but he does catch her and save her. Oh, um, uh, it does. Yeah, does he, he do it. Her. He does it in this one because you know it gets a little repetitive. That's another problem I have with it. But like, which one was this? This is the one where he catches her. This is not. He ca- this is where she stabs him. She he catches her. Oh to yeah, save life's her. a bitch. Now so am I. And then he do- he throws gives her the acid or whatever. Gives that little thing of whatever. He throws that gel on her or whatever that stuff is. As I was saying, I'm a woman and can't be taken for granted. Life's a bitch. Now so am I. Ah! 
Maybe you can help me find the woman behind the cat. No, that's not you. Kitty litter. <laughs> oh, bastard. But she falls off the roof. He catches her. They have this moment of like, who's behind the mask? And then she stabs him yes. with her claw. Yes. Which causes her to, he knocks her down. She lands in the big truck full of kitty litter. Saved by kitty litter. And if you're counting, she's quote unquote fallen and died twice, which leaves seven lives seven of her lives nine left. left. Right. Uh, which will come up later. And that was actually well done. That's something I wish they would have played more with. That was always a more unique plot point to me is that how many lives does she have? And again, she I find her to be a much more powerful and intriguing villain slash antihero than the Penguin. She just has more going on. Yeah, and pretty much any other iteration of Catwoman. As well. Absolutely. Like, Even know. the show Gotham, which I, I happen to like a lot. I um, like the Penguin on that show, too. Oh, very was, Obviously very different than this. But but equally complicated and probably, well, more so complicated than the DeVito. But that's, you really feel for him in that show. Yeah. You really, like, he's evil, but man, you're sort of rooting for him because he's constantly getting his ass kicked. Yeah. And I will note that Paul Rubens plays his father in that show as well. He did play, yeah. Having seen the show, that was wonderful uh, tribute. Uh, I mean, it wasn't a tribute, but it was a, yeah, it was a nice tie-in to Batman Returns. And, and thank God, man. I mean, they had the balls to, like, keep that going and kind of have him back. Because I think people secretly wanted Paul Rubens to kind of be the father again or something if they ever did a Penguin. It's one of those yeah. things where it's like, well, you could hire anybody, but let's make it special. Let's make it special. Yeah. yeah. And they did. Uh, so Batman is examining this claw in the Batcave, trying to figure out Great what, this, scene. what this thing is all about. Yeah. Um and now we get to Oswald for mayor again. And yes. he's say, you know, basically saying, hey, I saved the mayor's baby, but I'm not going to save his mayoral career. Right. Uh, he, you know, the crime is going up and it's all his fault. Um, he puts a button on a lady lingering on her bosom. Oh, he oh right. Okay. Like, hey, let me put Wait, it on yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have a button. Hey, get it on there. <laughs> really nasty. And he, yeah, and he goes Damn. back up. He's making his way back uh, up to uh, his attic office there. He's, yeah. Uh, it's all about reaching out to the people. Reaching yeah, out he's and touching ri- them, he groping ripping, them. He's ri- he's like, isn't he like ripping off his clothing or that's later, I think. He's, yeah. And this he, is now, of course, he's in his full, you know, tuxedo garb. Right. Penguin. Right. Um, that's the way I prefer. Right. And he gets up to this loft thing, whatever you oh, call it. Right. And Catwoman's there, there waiting right, for him. Right, right, right. Just the pussy I've been looking for. Yeah. Just the pussy I've been looking for. It's chilly in here. I'll warm you up. Down, Oswald. We need to talk. You see, you and I have something in common. Sounds familiar. Uh, appetite for destruction, contempt for the czars of fashion. Wait, don't tell me. Naked, sexual charisma. Batman. <laughs> the thorn in both our sides. The fly in our ointment. Ointment? 
I'll come back later. Perchance are you a registered motor? I am a mayoral prospect, you know. I have but one pet cause today. Ban the bat. Oh, him again. No bother. He's already history. Check it out. We're gonna disassemble his Batmobile and turn it into an H-bomb on wheels. No, no. He'd have even more power as a martyr. To destroy Batman, we must first turn him into what he hates the most. Namely, us. You mean frame him? Not even in office yet, and already an enemies list, hmm? I mean, that's... That's extreme. I mean, I can understand why McDonald's like, yeah, you know, and with your Happy Meal, a playset where he says just the pussy I've been looking for. Right. And I like this because the Penguin, like for all of his grotesquerie, like you still get the sense that he is clever. Like he's not stupid. Right. Um, I agree. Even though agree. he's animalistic. But Catwoman is definitely smarter than him. And That's she right. takes the lead on this. Yeah, she takes tete a tete. She manipulates him again. She does what he hates the most. And yeah, she 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 will turn against him and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And this is the, you know, the this is the first of like, you'll see this in other superhero movies with two villains. This is the you. Yeah. You and I have something in common. We, you know, you and I are not so different. It's, all this stuff. It's, it's not the best. And this is this is actually a major issue I have with the movie. This is one that actually irks me when I when I watch the scene when they talk about Batman. You see, Bat, you know, Batman is a is the thorn in our side, or Batman is what's doing that. I'm like, I I know they've had an encounter, but when I view it, I'm almost forgetting that like Batman's the pro. It's weird. I the movie's priorities aren't set up enough to where they. I I would be more interested if they hated each other, and they were the problem versus, uh, and they will be. But like for the sake of the plot, it never really worked to me that they're like they that up. they just hate. Well, that they team up. It's it's okay. I I don't think it's ever worked too well in it might have actually worked here's, better in Batman the, Forever. Well, but Batman being their problem is kind of a problem I have because they he's well, not yeah. You've talked about this before that Batman is not as big a presence in this movie. That's correct. And so what their what their their logic is Batman is the only thing standing in both of our way. Right. But they haven't laid the track for that. No. They're, Batman they is not enough of a thorn in their side no, yet. At least no. maybe the, for the Penguin, yes. Well, but they for had Catwoman, one, no. Yeah, they had one confrontation. I mean, Batman and Selina, I mean, in Batwoman and Catwoman in their characters had one confrontation. Did Oswald have a... Had he had a... Well, yeah, I mean, Batman ruined his... Uh, the, you're right. They didn't plant the tracks enough to enough to where the audience is like, oh, man, they're, they're pissed. They've got to be pissed at Batman. They're going to want to take out Batman. But not as much. Like, as in other movies, I think it's more... Like, even in Spider-Man, with all its flaws, like Spider-Man 3, it's like, oh, these motherfuckers hate Spider-Man. He's, like, ruined all their lives, you know. Um, but in this one, I didn't find it uh, plausible, their vendetta against Batman. That's right. And I think it's, you're, you're right, lack of screen presence of Batman. And again, we go into this very literal shit where, like, you know, he there's a pet cat and a pet bird in the room, and each one goes yeah. after the other one. Yeah, it's great. To the point where Michelle Pfeiffer literally puts this bird in her mouth. A live bird. And she did it for, for real. For, yep, she did it for real. And there's no cuts. This is a, this is as real as the fly in Belloc's mouth. This is like this is. I'm just. Kidding. Do you remember that? Oh no no. I, it's just the the notion of putting this poor live parakeet or whatever in in her mouth. He's alive and well. It's only. It, it's clearly it lives, but I mean, <clears throat> wouldn't it peck the shit out of you? Yeah, you would think it would be doing something awful to get out of her mouth. But you know these animal you know. train. I mean the the animal rights activists and whatever as they, they should be. I mean they must have had a field day with this movie. They're like, so wait, Michelle, you're not going to put that in your mouth. And she's like, oh yeah, it'll be fine. 
But yeah, I'm not worried about the bird safety. I'm worried, worried about, about hers. Michelle because yeah. the thing has a beak and it could claws. Yeah, yeah, the movie could have been over. Yeah, pretty rough. Uh, but so yeah, they yeah, they both show mouth. that they're willing to, you know, do in the other one. Basically, like don't fuck with me. Right, Let's make a deal. He has the knife for the on the cat. Right. right, isn't that? And then she lets the bird go. So, like, so it's like survival of the fittest, animal instincts kicking in. Yeah, like metaphorically, this is going to be an uneasy alliance. Right. They just haven't. Li- I know we have to move on. It's just, but like again, it irks me because th- this, and I sort of just realized this. I think it's this moment that really steers me off course because I know the plot is in full place, but it's like the writers have laid the groundwork because the dialogue says this is our problem. We have a problem with Batman, but I just don't feel it. Like in the first one. Joker. Even then, I didn't feel so much how pissed he was. I I don't know. It's something weird, but it, it's hard to really like have an actual villain's hate for for a hero in a film. I think it's just really hard work. Yeah, I I do like one line. He, after uh, Catwoman says something, like, you and I have something in common. Mm-hmm. Devito rattles off a few jokes. One of which I think is great, where he says contempt for the czars of fashion. <laughs> Which is like, yeah, yeah. what a great, great self-aware thing of like how odd they look. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, it's good. And that's Burton. That's 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 poking fun at the material. I think Burton became a little more like Sam Raimi in this movie where he's a little more, more like wonky and sort of sort of out there and poking fun at his material as Raimi, Raimi did. Yeah. Um, so very, very similar. Yeah. Um, so we have this quick moment where... Um, yeah, what happens? Penguin, Penguin goes on TV to challenge the mayor to relight the Christmas tree, try again on the Christmas tree lighting. Ah. And he says, I hope Batman will be present to preserve the peace. Basically daring Batman to show up for whatever uh, Penguin has planned for this princess. tree lighting. Okay. Got but it. before that happens, we're going to go on a date with yes. Bruce and Selena at, yes. at the mansion. A good scene. Thanks, Alvin. I'm sure he's wonderful company, but doesn't the gold-plated bachelor bit get a little stale? A lot like the lonely secretary syndrome, I guess. Executive assistant. Oh, sorry. Secretary. Huh. Are you girlfriend? Sure. Oh, you mean uh, as in serious? Uh, no, had one, didn't work. What went wrong? Hang on, I think I know. You kept things from her. No, I told her everything. Uh-huh. And the truth frightened her? Well, there are two truths. No, and she had trouble reconciling them because I had trouble um, reconciling them. Yeah. See, Vicky thought. Vicky? Ice skater or stewardess? <laughs> no, she was a um, photojournalist. Well, was Vicky right about your difficulty with duality? See, if I say yes, then um, you're going to think of me as a uh, Norman Bates, uh, Ted Bundy type, and. Uh, Well, you might not let me kiss you. The so-called normal guys who always let you down. Sickos never scare me. At least they're committed. 
This is a great team. I this love the chemistry between them here. Yeah. Uh, really, really good. It's, you know, it's nice to see her away from Max Shrek. Right. And they... The Wayne Manor looks great. The fireplace looks great. It's very, very, very Christmassy in this moment. This is like one of the real Christmassy scenes, I think. Is that, yeah. It's that cozy interior of the Wayne Manor. And this is one of the few times they even talk about what happened in the first movie because they, right. he, she asks about Vicky Vale and he says, well, yeah, it didn't work out. And, um, you right. Know. He name drops her. And I, I I like that. I like that he acknowledged it and he said, Vicky, it didn't work out. And that's that's always what happens in a sequel. It's like actor was unavailable. Didn't work out. Yeah. We tried. Speed 2 cruise control. Yeah, it didn't really work with Jack Traven. Who I fell in love with on that bus, but that's okay. We got I got Jason Patrick now. Everything's fine. And I think it's good that they got her out of the way, honestly, because we if we want to have any kind of yeah. romance between these two, this is a new it, romance. It doesn't this work is... if if Kim Basinger is around. No. Um, no, but yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say I do wish they had tied this into the events of the first movie a little bit more, which they did in the. I was actually gonna say in the original script. Now I have a photo that I've seen. There's a deleted scene of a of a gift shop in Gotham City that has the Batman logo on it and they're selling Batman memorabilia. I mean, Batman has become a known person. So he's definitely more known now and more, you know, of a hero to the, the city in a sense, even though he's still dark and brooding. And um, there, wa- there were deleted drafts uh, where deleted shots where um, it was a different kind of city and they were selling pieces of the Batwing that had exploded in the first movie. They actually were selling them and there were there were things that, that tied it in more. I mean, these are things that I think went on to be like sort of a Batman 3 thing before Schumacher took over. But there were elements. So you're really looking at a more trimmed down version. You really are in this film. Because there, there was a bit more. I, I would have loved to see that version. I mean, I think that would have been cool. Yeah. Um, but would... they, they said, fuck it. I mean, this is pretty much, I think, Vicky Vale is what? The only, one of the only name drops that really takes us back to the first movie without this being an entirely new adventure yeah i you know i i don't need to know exactly what the penguin was up to while the joker was trying to murder everybody no, i don't care about i that. don't need that but some acknowledgement of like oh yeah you know last year the joker <laughs> ran rampant and now we've got that right. something to kind of bridge these two stories or because the joker did something right that set something into motion that affected this movie agreed right? although i will i will say that i don't necessarily i it would have been cool but i don't miss it there are some movies that take that too literally like without going too much on a tangent, like the Daniel Craig Bond movies where every story tied into the other without being its own adventure. I much prefer sort of the own, the the new adventure situation. Mm-hmm. But you're right. It was a little short on tying into the original movie. But it's but I, I strongly believe it was the same universe. He name drops Vicky. And um, uh, you know these events happen. And they just maybe remodeled Gotham a little bit. And it's snowier. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so they're, yeah. they're making out. And then they both accidentally... You know, hurt? Did they touch the spot where they've been wounded by the other one before? And, and when I was a kid, I did not get that this because, like I was saying, like he, when she falls into the uh, the kitty litter truck or whatever, he actually throws that little acid thing on her. He throws like a little like uh, something, and that's why that's why she has that burn. So when he pulls he pulls up her, you know, uh, her dress or her uh, sleeve, her sleeve. Yeah, you see the burn. And when I was a kid, I'm like, oh shit, she fell really hard when she fell out that window. No, that's not what that was. That was a burn that he gave her. So yes, they're comparing, they're quinting and hoopering. Yes, uh, but without obviously no, they don't want the other one to know who they really are. Yeah, and they're so not drinking they to their legs. Right. So um, 
Uh, Very interesting alternate identity moment also. It's going to happen where uh, they they both see at the same time that the Ice Princess has been kidnapped and they both pop up, have to become their alter egos very quickly and call the date off. Uh, I love that, you know, Penguin invades the dressing room and then he knocks out the Ice Princess with the Batarang. Yeah. Say cheese. Yeah. Yeah. Or no, say cheese. Cheese. She's such a a ditz in that film. Like, you know, she's meant to be, but but it's funny and Uh, dark twisted you hear a stabbing sound as he throws it you think he might have killed her right right um so they uh we we go to um the, the date is over now because this this information has come to light that this ice princess has been kidnapped and the they, thing with alfred is really funny where they both, both gotta telling, go they both gotta go and they're both telling alfred to make up an excuse right which is also really well done yes uh i love that uh, but i love that she she says this line to him, you know, he makes me feel the way I hope I feel about myself, whatever she says. Right, right, right. You know, that like, was good. she really does care for Bruce. It's, it's a nice Yeah, moment. yeah. And I think that their their romance, you know, kind of like, you know, they met in the elevator, although I know you like that. Again, I think it was a little quick um, that they sort of immediately clicked. I, I think there could have been a little bit more, maybe two, two more scenes, something like like he runs in, into her again or having coffee or something. But again, this is a very, like a very airtight production. They've obviously trimmed a lot of stuff. But but you do at least, uh, yeah, you get the sense that they definitely feel for each other. The chemistry is real. And you've got two great actors. You've got two great actors really giving it their all and knowing that they're in something special. Yeah. Uh, so we go downtown where Batman uh, takes his Batmobile. He parks mm-hmm. it. He turns on the shield. He That's walks right. away. And we see that the CGI triangle game, mm-hmm. the CGI shield looks good, looks good. Uh, for, for this era. Mm-hmm. Um, but the triangle gang has like some little device that will turn that off so they can monkey with the Batman. Yeah, this is, uh, yeah. Shortcut here. I'm not sure how they got that. No, this is very, this is becoming, again, you know, you want to talk about plot points. I mean, this is becoming very kind of Wiley Coyote, even in the sense of uh, a fantasy world like Tim Burton's world. The, the, The elements are there, but you really need a little more plausibility, I feel, to, uh, to get that moment. But yes, they, they hijack the car. Yeah. Uh, so Batman runs into Catwoman again. We have a fight between the two of them. And, uh, gotta go. Girl talk. Yeah. Oh, gotta hurry. Oh, thank you. What a setup to look like I did this. No sweat. I'll just tell the police I was kidnapped by an ugly bird man with fish breath. Somebody said fish? <laughs> I haven't been fed all day. Eat floor. <laughs> High fiber. Hey, stud. I thought we had something together. We do. Gotta go, girl talk. Girl talk, eat floor, high in fiber. A lot of good lines there. I heard someone say fish. I haven't been fed all day. Yeah. Eat floor. A lot, a lot of one-liners between them. Yeah. Uh, Kicks and, the shit out of them while talking. Uh, <laughs> and so after a quick shot of them putting this antenna on the underside of the Batmobile. Yes. Um, yes. We go up to this model. The, the Ice Princess is now standing on like a ledge. And she's like, oh, right. they she, she let me go. She let me go. I think that something, the girl-to-girl talk worked or whatever she says. Yeah. Well, yeah, because Catwoman did actually free her. Oh, that's right. right. Yeah. And yeah. once again, I just, I forget that. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, she doesn't want this woman to be hurt by evil men. Uh, although, right. I, oh, that's right. Because 
She's working with penguins. She's, yeah, still it'll come technically, up. Technically, yeah. well, Catwoman does not expect what happens next. That's right. That's when she's turn- right, right, right. Because right, the yeah. penguin appears, and before Batman can do anything, he frames him. He frames him by unleashing an umbrella full of bats that cause her to fall backwards, plummet onto the button that lights that the, lights tree, the tree, and really- bat more bats everywhere. Very, very cool moment in the film, by the way. I mean, that was a legitimately cool moment, and that was a cool story, and that that I was in for, like yeah. the way he has the bat. That was that was that was really well done. Uh, and you know, so now it looks like Batman is behind this, and of course, and, and Catwoman says, like, you were just supposed to scare her. She looked pretty scared to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great, great line. Awesome. Yeah, because yeah. of course you can't trust uh, the penguin. No, you can't, and he's and, a malicious, evil son of a bitch. Yeah, and uh, there's this line here about well, mistletoe can be deadly if you eat it. A kiss can be. Yeah, this is one of the most sexual scenes in the film. I mean, they were they were kind of on each other when they were about to go full base in the in the Wayne Manor, and here they are fully costumed again, and you have a very kind of a, a sensual, sexy, fully sexy scene between the two of them. Uh, you know, where she she, licks, she licks his face. I mean, this is in a lot of the poster art, and this is on the lobby cards, and this is a moment where they're face to face. You you see that um, really well done moment between the two, but this is another kind of battle of the dual identities and. Uh, it will come back. You know, a, a kiss can be deadlier if you mean it. And right. Something that they say to each other. Yeah. Yes. It becomes a, yeah, a, a token. Yeah. But like, I, I love, he has this line about everyone you try to save sends up, ends up dead or deeply resentful. Maybe, Maybe you, should you should retire. retire. Yeah. That's pretty good. Really well written. It's not wrong. No, um, it's not wrong. It points out the flaws of the character. Right. And he gives her back the little claw and he glides off through the squares. Everyone That's looks right. up in horror at him. Yeah. He spread. Uh, he does. He does a new. Uh, Batman's got a load of gadgets this time, and now he's got the wings, man. He's got yeah. the wings, and he could fly through the city, and it's awesome looking. And I love that. You know, so this is where Penguin and Catwoman have their confrontation about. You know, I you were just right. supposed to scare her, right? And uh, I don't think I like you anymore. And he puts this <laughs> umbrella around her neck, the the, the helicopter one, and it's, it's yeah. like hanging her. Yeah, and it takes Go off to heaven. Head. Yeah. Oh, outstanding! Your beauty. And the beast in one luscious Christmas gift pack. You said you were going to scare the Ice Princess. She looked pretty scared to me. <laughs> Touch of the bubbly. So what are we waiting for? Let's consummate our fiendish union. What are you talking about? Oh, come on. Can't you picture? It's dark in the mayor's mansion. I'm bushed. So here you come into the bedroom, twitching your little tail. My slippers in one hand, a dry martini in the other. Oh, please. I wouldn't touch you to scratch you. You lousy minx! I ought to have your spade! You sent out all the signals! And I don't think I like you anymore! And she's able to uh, get it off, but she falls. falls into a greenhouse. Yeah, and just screams and Scary. breaks the remaining glass. Yeah, breaks it, the remaining glass. It's like a reprise of her like crazy transformation. Yeah, she scene. has a she has a meltdown. Yeah, she's well, pissed off. She's like, "Damn it, I lost another life." I and I 
had another fall from a high I, yeah <laughs> height. You know, really strong character. Once again, she she has a lot more depth than Penguin. I feel in this film. Yeah. So now we get to you know, uh, Penguin goes into his trailer. He doesn't want to be disturbed. No. As he now takes the Batmobile for a ride like it was a video game. Yes. And Batman is helpless as the the car is just plowing into civilians and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I love like very this cool is, scene. This is very over the top that he has this like toy version he's of the got Batmobile. a toy like something that would be outside a supermarket or something yeah the he's thing you the put little... a quarter into and it like jiggles yeah it is over the it is over the top and borderline nuts and yet i think we well i think you would agree because it's burton's world it somehow still works but i swear to you if this was anybody else that would have been... you couldn't get away with it no i think only tim burton could could have done this yeah absolutely just him uh, and so, but Batman does have the wherewithal to record. We don't know what he's doing, but he puts a disc no. into re- while no. Penguin is on the screen. I played this stinking city like a something. Harp from hell. Harp from hell. Yeah. Well, we'll get into that later. Yeah. But so he's recording this. DJ Batman. DJ Batman. Um, somebody's got to be out there operating. No, man. DJ he's, he had some sick. He dropped some sick beats. Yes, he does. Yeah. Uh, so Batman fresh. is able to. He, he the car tells him there's a foreign object. He takes off the antenna. Yeah. He regains really cool. control. He breaks to avoid hitting an old lady. Um, I love that the this bit right. where the cops are chasing him and he he jettisons the exterior of the Batmobile. Jettisons to like a cocoon. Thunderball style. He gets rid of he gets rid of the exterior shell and it becomes a new marketing opportunity. A new toy. A new toy. Which echoes of this in the Dark Knight actually because oh, absolutely. when uh, the bat pod there like yeah. you know, the the Batmobile's damaged. Only more serious. Christian Bale yeah takes off on the Yeah, the there's nothing motorcycle. funny. Like, well, I guess the thing's going to blow up and out goes the bat pod. Whereas in that one I was like, "Oh, okay." And this one I was like, "Whoa." You know, that's the one thing Burton, that's the edge. That's the Burton edge is his is cool and slick and awesome. And I don't know, it was like docu-series with Christopher Nolan. It's like, how did it work? I don't know. He's just too serious for me, man. <laughs> I, I like, I just, again, I like what he's doing there. I it's like the Dark Knight, but it's a different, different interpretation. It's Craig versus Brosnan. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so we've got more speechifying uh, from Oswald yeah. and... You know, the mayor was too reliant on Batman. Right. Selena so things Bru- are changing. Alliances yeah. are changing. Selena and Bruce are both watching uh, from diff- their respective layers. Yeah, and Selena... Oh, uh, Selena, no, Selena's, Selena's in the crowd. In full, she's in the crowd, but a great, great look, great shot of her kind of looking very, very evil and also betrayed. You know, she's been betrayed by the Penguin, so she hates his guts now. Right. Watching from the crowd with a really cool look on her face, a very evil kind of, you know vendetta kind of look yeah and we get this moment between bruce and alfred where you know he talks about we need better security who like, led Vic, yeah another who, plug who led vicky into yeah, the yeah, yeah. oh hi vic come on in yeah well done yeah uh so then they they decide to head on down to the back cave they, right. bruce goes down a slide which is cool yeah i mean if you're gonna if you're gonna have a back cave you might as well have a slide yeah but Bur- burton's take on it was always right with the character it, it seemed like an updated version of batman 89 so the 92 version again was slicker cooler a little maybe a little more fun but not without the darkness so again he's got a slide but it's still like a gothic situation i would say just the production design and this is where we get to that moment you were sort of alluding to before the dj DJ keaton yeah Yeah. they they batman and uh, alfred uh hijack they mix a beat together they simon and garfunkel this shit they do they and he yeah. Uh, so they play bits of the audio of Penguin saying, you know, these people are all suckers or whatever. They take a page out of uh, UHF from Weird Al- 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 Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, I forget what I, I, Yeah. The glory that I yearn to return. 
It was about this. Uh, this city means about as much to me as a festering ball of dog snot. Oh shit! My God. Yeah. Don't same. Same. Like same I exact love moment. That movie. Yeah. I this love must come movie. from an earlier thing because Weird Al wouldn't have done that if it wasn't a reference to something. No. Earlier. UHF was. Uh, I think it was '89. Yeah. I want to say. So but there's got to be great. some earlier movie where someone did this. They tape somebody and then yeah. play the audio. Yeah. Um. But this ends Cobblepot's mayoral campaign in a way that is quaint. Compared to modern politics, I where people say could... all kinds of shit on tape and oh, no one can, holds it against them. And I wish, I wish it could have end, can, can end right then and there with certain people in politics, but unfortunately, it cannot. You would think, yeah, you the, would think. Well, no matter of horror, will stop. Well, it. you remember the smoking gun of Nixon, and without going on a tangent, but it's like the smoking guns are. Oh shit, he did it. Done. End of story. He's out. Like that's it. He's done. Smoking yeah. gun. But in this one, it does work because it's still the nineties. Yep. And it's also fiction. Yes. So I do like the joke, the, the self-aware joke of like Penguin going, like, why do people... Why does Always bring tomatoes, tomatoes to a crowd. Right. People are yeah. immediately throwing like tomatoes and rotten eggs at him, which yeah. implies, of course, that they brought them. They the, brought them there with that specific purpose. <laughs> right. Yeah, it, was pre- it is pretty funny. Right. But yeah. So Penguin uh, you know, does what he did. Machine gun. Yeah. Well, he, well, he retraces his, his origins by running into the, the sewer... Yes. He, he takes a dive off the bridge his parents threw him off of. Oh, that's right. Yes. He di- takes the dive and now he has become the animal again. He shed all any humanity he might have been growing. And I don't think he was growing much. I think kind of like I was saying earlier, I think he always was pretty much this guy and that everything was sort of a disguise. But he's a he he's an untamable monster. He He's untamable and sort of an abomination and 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 he has to be stopped that's from child's play but, but he undoes he does the reverse of the speech he gave earlier where he says i'm not a, a an animal he goes I'm, back he goes right i am an animal i am an animal i'm not blooded great speech oswald oh, hey, my name is not oswald it's penguin i am not a human being i am an animal cold-blooded Crank the AC! Where are my lists? Bring me the names! Ah, it's time. These are the names of the firstborn sons of Gotham City. Just like I was. And like me, a terrible fate waits for them. Tonight, while their parents party, they'll be dreaming away in their safe cribs, their soft beds, and we will snatch them 
carry them into the sewer, and toss them into a deep, dark, watery grave. Penguin? I mean, killing sleeping children. Isn't that a little, uh... No! It's a lot! Yeah, and, and that is one of the scenes I like, where he goes back and I'm like, all right, now we're talking. You know, he's he he goes full evil again. Yeah, uh, and so he asked for his lists, which we find out now what he, what he was doing, which he was making first, this, voice born. the firstborn sons yeah. of Gotham. He's gonna uh, go biblical, uh, go go Pesach on this guy. On he's, the town. Yeah, he's gonna get. He's yeah, he's gonna. Only Moses can stop this. And he says, we're going to snatch them and throw them into a dark, watery grave. <laughs> At and, which and, point we get something really funny and dark. Which is the, the, the uh, one henchman going like, maybe we shouldn't kill a whole bunch of children. Doesn't that seem a little... And then he's like, no, it's a lot. Yeah. That's, yeah, just shoots that's him dead. the funny part. Yeah. yeah. And, and before we go further, this is another weak problem I have with it. And, and uh, pitch, pitch Video and I think Honest Trail has kind of made fun of this. But the, the plot to kidnap the children for me is a little too little too late i know you were sort of picking up on it that that piecing it together but in it never gelled with me to the point where i was like how is he gonna how is batman gonna stop the kidnapping of the firstborns it was kind of like oh by the way i'm gonna do this like we find out but it's it felt kind of like an afterthought the way they did and he's just got them in the train we'll get to it yeah the third act of this convenient there are third act problems with this movie and this is the big one which is that the penguins plot kind of just comes together and comes apart too quickly. Very quick. I mean, this is like Anakin Skywalker becoming Darth Vader very quickly. This really is kind of like a like a Revenge of the Sith situation where it's like, all right, time to wrap it up, wrap it up, wrap it up, and it's it it, it shows. Yeah. Um, so we get Serious this problem. brief brief moment at the Batcave where there's a discussion between Bruce and Alfred of whether he's going to go to Shrek's party. And then oh, it yeah. comes up that Selena might be there, in which case Bruce is going to be there. And Alfred has to tape up the letter again. Yep. He tore it up. He tore up the invitation. Yes. Um, so uh, we cut to the party where Super Freak is playing, which is a nice touch. Yeah, Super Freak is awesome. But then uh, one of my favorites on the soundtrack, because of course I do have the soundtrack, is uh, Face to Face. A song by Susie and the Banshees, partnered yes. with Danny Elfman. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Great Susie, song. I like Susie and the Banshees as a band. I think they're cool. And yeah, like, I haven't heard as much and, by them. I've only, I think I've only heard this. Oh, there's a, a couple of good songs. One called uh, Spellbound and oh. uh, another one called Halloween. Both are on an album called Juju, which is probably their biggest one. Oh, which, sweet. I'll check um, it out. Yeah, like if you watched Stranger Things, they've used a couple of tracks from Oh, them. okay, okay. Uh, yeah, cool, creepy band. Uh, she's just a neat, interesting front woman. Uh, but yeah, so this, so this very cool happens. slinky song starts playing and we mm-hmm. get this moment between the two of them where now they know. Why'd you come back? 
you first. See you. That's lovely. And I really wish I could say the same, but I came from Max. What do you mean? You and... Not you and Max. <laughs> <laughs> no. no, this and Max. Now, don't give me a killing Max won't solve anything speech because it will. Aren't you tired of this sanctimonious Robert Baron always coming out on top when he should be six feet under? I'm sure you have a lot of problems with your boss, but I mean, who the hell do you think you are? I don't know anymore, Bruce. <laughs> <sighs> 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 A kiss under the mistletoe. You know, mistletoe can be deadly if you eat it. Does this mean we have to start fighting? Let's go outside. They've, they, because both of them say the thing to each other about, you know, kiss can be even deadlier. And I love the, the, you, I think I, I feel it the most here, maybe out of any other scene where, where they realize that it sort of can never be. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's like, does this mean we have to start fighting again? And he wants to kind of gain some control. He says, let's go outside. Who knows how it's going to go down, but I've always loved this moment. I think this actually might be one of the most powerful moments between the two. Not even the ending. I'm talking about this moment here, the beginning of the unraveling that they know now, but it's like, oh, shit, what do we do now? Like, are we friends or enemy or love? Like, what what is it? Yeah, Yeah. I I love this. I, you know, and from a writer's standpoint, this is this is really this is some of the best writing. It's an electric moment between two very good actors. I love that. You know, she's the first thing that happens is basically Bruce realizes she's got a gun. And she's just there yeah. to shoot. No, this like is not nice. even not even as like in her Catwoman. Like she's just going to shoot Max because she kind of recently had that freak out. And so this is something that does work. I think that she's she's lost her way, so she's no longer calm, cool, and collected. She is now sort of just wanting to end it. And you know, for all I know, she wants to put a bullet in herself too. She seems very almost suicidal here. In in my mind, she seems almost wanting to end it all. That's the way I feel about it. Yeah, she, she's definitely you know run out of patience and sanity. She's run out of yeah, and it shows and it works. Yeah, I, I yeah, but I love that like the way like is once they say it and they both realize who each other are. Mm. He kind of like pulls her and like they're like tighter, like kind of like hugging even tighter. And yeah, both like I, I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. Right, Shoot. not to mention you're in the middle of a masquerade party about all about dual identity where they're the only two people not wearing costumes that's right and this is something that's been discussed where where um in fact uh, kevin smith of all people who's a big batman fan he'll cry about it he uh but i really like a lot of the things he has to say and he said that um the thing he likes about keaton's batman is that he's basically batman all the time and that he now wears bruce wayne as a mask and yes they covered it in, in the batman begins movie but he it's so awkward for him to be Bruce Wayne. And in this moment, you sort of feel it, that he's he doesn't need to dress up. He doesn't need to wear a costume. Well, his costume is Bruce Wayne. 
in my opinion. And it works in this move in this scene where it's a really just Batman showing up dressed as Bruce Wayne. It's such an interesting moment, actually. This now that I'm thinking about it again, the whole thing from the production design of the sequence, because you've got great production design by Bo Welch, who would go on for uh, to to I think win many awards and such. But it's the whole thing is a very well crafted scene from writing to production design to editing to special effects when the penguin shows up and all that. But this was a this was a meaningful scene to me. I remember that, and even now I think so. Yeah. So he tells uh, Catwoman, maybe we should, maybe we should just go outside and talk to try and figure out what to do. But, yeah, I love that. But they don't. What get, are they going to do? Like uh, that's what's interesting to me. Like they're going to go outside. Let's. Uh, like they're probably going to start fighting again. Like I don't know what they would do. Yeah, I kind of wish we'd gotten to see it because yeah. uh, the penguin in crashes the party I from crashed. below. Yeah, uh, with his big duck. Great scene, and this was very very prominent in the trailers. So I remember this as a kid. We didn't really talk about it, but when the trailer showed up for the first time, it was like, oh shit, here we go again. And it looked like they were getting darker. <laughs> it yeah. looked like they were getting the, uh, you know the big explosion. Yeah, up comes the duck. Yes, and uh, he says, I'm I'm going to kidnap Chip. Because uh, he's technically a firstborn son, although it seems like before he was interested in like killing babies. Like, would he, I'm a firstborn son, but I'm 43 years old. Would yeah. he come? It for doesn't me? make too yeah. much sense, but it's a really funny moment in my mind. It's dark, but it's funny the way he's, you know, and 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 Shrek, who's the last person to have any kind of humanity, is like pleading for his son. He's like, oh, not Chip, not Chip. You know, take me. Oh, yeah. all right, you got a deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, in the duck. It's it's cute that he you know he's pleading like yeah. he does have some humanity that he's going to do that um, right 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 and, he, and penguin even says you know right now while you're at this party my goons are fanning out to take everyone and right. this is where again you know um, yeah things kind of go too quick uh, because yes, the train had, appears to kidnap the children yeah Batman appears and we don't even see a confrontation it's just that's it that's the end of the baby it was, kidnapping it, it was borderline terrible I mean that one moment you see the shadow of the bat and <laughs> oh shadow of the bat but anyway you see the shadow of the bat but again if you think about the scene where the penguin um, made that announcement to everybody if he had made that at the halfway mark of the movie and then the rest of it sort of became a rescue operation or something and you still have the Catwoman dynamic, you would have been looking at a more interesting movie. I mean, now he's rescuing the firstborns of Gotham. You could see it in the log line, you know, Bat- Batman must rise again to to protect the firstborns of Gotham from, the, you know, the... Uh, you know the the evil penguin or whatever you can almost see it and it, it wasn't there it it's was a literally last over before it began that is right and that That's is the problem. A, that is a that is a major problem with this movie right that i have uh so uh then penguin you know frustrated by this goes to plan c which we didn't even know about Yes, which is to just he says why, to why, why did the I best, why some rest- of the best work of Stan Winston's career? Yeah, why why restrict it to this first? Why one? be biased? I'll just kill everybody, <laughs> male and female. Yeah, my dear Penguin, we stand on a great threshold. It's okay to be scared. Many of you won't be coming back. Thanks to Batman, the time has come. To punish all God's children. First, second, third, and fourth born. Why be biased? Male and female. L, the sexes are equal. With their erogenous songs. Blow sky Forward march. The liberation of Gotham. 
Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Time to punish all God's children. Erogenous yeah. zones blown sky high. That's a great line. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't hear that. I mean, see, it's so funny. I got to pay closer attention to yeah. this film. Uh, and so now we go to the Batman is in his bat sewer mobile. Yes, he is. Um, going. I'm going to go take down the penguin wherever he is. Great vehicle. He's, tr- he's tracking the penguins, but also it's like, how did Batman even know that this was happening? Well, it, like, again, there's too many, like, shortcuts here happening. Like, all of a sudden, like, Batman knows the plan. Right. He's got a way to disarm rewrites, the penguins. Rewrites, editing, deleted scenes, cutting room floor, dogs and cats living together. No. Yeah. You, you have, the, when you see things like this, I mean, that's, you, 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 you have to know. I mean, it's, it's going to be a behind-the-scenes problem most of the time. I mean, you're not... The, unfortunately, Some, Something this happened. Yeah, and this isn't Chris Nolan here. He's not going to tie it together. He, it, this, this is a problem. But again, we're at the ending when we... You know, it, that was another issue with this movie. The ending kind of came up too quick. Even though this movie's well over two hours, I think. The ending just came at us very quickly, and things wrap up in very almost like spontaneous ways that seem... Not planned. Almost, it's just not a great way to stick the landing. This is a movie where the beginning is much stronger than the end. Right. So we now have the March of the Penguins, which is right. literally penguins are marching into Gotham with yeah. explosives strapped to guys the back. in suits, mechanical penguins. And let's point out this is this this once again. You know, this was the early '90s. We were just getting into the the CGI. Jurassic Park was around the corner. The Abyss had been done. Uh, Terminator 2 had just happened. So we were starting to get into all this fantastic miniature work and a lot of CGI manipulation. And it, it, it really does work beautifully here. I mean, the one thing to take away from this movie as a major plus is the the visual, the special effects production design, everything. It looks like real penguins to me. It, it does. And they're not. They're either guys in suits or they're mechanical heads or mechanical penguins. And that's all from the late Sam Winston, one of the, one of the best of the best. Right. Um, so, but yeah, Alfred just pushes a button. The penguins all retreat, uh, and they start blowing up the yeah the let's sewer layer. Why not? We're at the end now. Let's blow up the sewer layer. Uh, it looks great. It, it looks great, and we get this fight between Batman and Penguin. They directly fighting each other. He like jumps on him. Good fight. Ah! I'm just jealous because I'm a genuine freak, and you have to wear a mask. You might be right. But what it all comes down to is, who's holding the umbrella? Good fight. You know, he's swinging at him with the umbrella dagger. And he, mono, he says, mono. you know, yeah, you, you're jealous because I'm the real freak and you have to wear a mask. And Batman actually says, you might be right. You might be right. Yeah. It's a good dynamic, but again, a little too... I know, I'm beating it over the head. A little too little, a little, little too late. Great ending fight, but my God, if this movie... This movie needed about 30 more minutes to stick this landing. Yeah. But we get here very quick. Things are being wrapped up. Very cool things are happening, but it's it's very disjointed. Yeah. And so Penguin falls backwards through a skylight into yes. his lair. Into his own lair, which somehow is... Below that. Well, it's just kind of, it's it's too easy. I know he comes back, but it's a little, for me, it was a little too easy. Oh, and down in the water he goes. I'm like, what is this, the fucking Goonies stunt spectacular? I don't know. It just never worked in my head that he could yeah. be done in like that. Um, so Shrek, uh, who has been in a cage Oh, yeah, how's there, he been? He's been in a cage. He's been uh, in a cage for half the movie. Right. Yeah. So he, he gets out of the cage. He, the, the, the circus monkey gives him the key. Yes, that was cool. The circus monkey was cool. Yeah. Uh, so he escapes only to be snagged by a Catwoman's whip. And she's not looking so... Her costume... Like, she didn't repair it no, after the fall I, in the greenhouse. And I, I like this. 
I like this about her. I like once again the the strongest care. You have to admit, you know, when she's on the screen, there's almost a sort of a magnetic presence or something where you can't take your eyes away. You sometimes get that with characters, and with her particular character, the older I get, the realize this movie really is almost her movie because when she shows up, it's like you're. I'm I'm ready. I'm 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 locked in. Yeah, and we get so we have this confrontation during the as he is being dragged. Um, by Catwoman. Right. Shrek picks up a gun, one of the goons' guns right. in the water. From the, the one who uh, questioned Pang, the dead body that's still under there. Right. Yeah. So he's got a gun. Batman comes in, basically tells Selena, you don't want to do this. Here comes the eye makeup. Uh, right. Okay. She says, the law doesn't apply to people like him or us. And Batman says, wrong on both counts. Wrong on both counts. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, let's take him to the police and we can go home together. And he peels off the mask. Yeah. Um, now, do you want it? Do you want to get into what the problem is on a on a technical level, or should I? Because the fact that he can rip it. No, the fact that when he does it, you're looking. The camera's facing him, and he doesn't have the eye makeup anymore. So oh, I didn't even notice it. Oh well, believe me, it's very you know, and that's actually a detractor. So in my mind, it should have been behind his head as he takes it off. Then you cut to the front, and he's got no eye makeup, but the illusion is intact. And when he puts it on, it's, his eyes get darker. So. I think we'd be fine if he did have it on. For this yeah, well, Pattinson was the first to do that, but anyway, he's but but I digress. There, it, it's just another issue I have with the film, but very very powerful sequence, probably second to the uh, to the one that they had in the ball. Yeah. Why are you doing this? Let's just take him to the police. Then we can go home together. Selena, don't you see? We're the same. We're the same. Split right down the center. with you in your castle forever just like in a fairy tale I just couldn't live with myself so don't pretend this is a happy ending Selena Selena Kyle you're fired and Bruce Wayne why are you dressed up like Batman because he is Batman, you moron. Was. And so he tries to, you know, convince her. Right. Uh, but she can't. She says, I would like to, but I, I can't. That's a fair. She tale. knows it's not going to work, and it wouldn't make sense that it would work. It doesn't. It doesn't work. Now, Batman and Catwoman have an on again, off again, on again, off again in the comics and in shows and other media, but in this movie, in Burton's world, it. It doesn't work. And it feels natural that it wouldn't, I think. I love that uh, Shrek is so stupid. This whole thing of like, yeah. why are you dressed like Batman? Because like, he, he is fires Batman. Her, but he, yeah, right. he was, but he fires her again <clears throat> yeah. in another funny 
Selena Kyle, you're fired. Right. Like, that's going to do anything. Right. Uh, so <clears throat> he, uh, he shoots Batman. Shoots Batman. So yeah. he's he can't. He's out, down for the moment. He's out of the. Yeah, he's out. of He, he goes to lunch or catering or whatever. Right. Keaton's out and they'll keep shooting without him. Right. And so they she he shoots her over and over again as she counts down her lives. And she has two left. And it becomes very supernatural. Well, you, yeah, because she should not survive what happens next, which is no. she kisses him with the taser in her mouth very next weird. to this, like, transformer. Yeah, what she does is she's going to light up Gotham. And so she. I, I think this was covered in the novel but but or um, in a comic of some sort. Because I have other books I could have brought. I wasn't going to bore you with that. But, um, yeah, I think whatever she does, it, it she, like, restores electricity to Gotham by just blowing his head off like just electrocuting frying him habit of kiss anti-claws and uh powerful scene but so weird to see as a 12 year old you know you're like what the fuck is she actually doing like she's putting a taser in her mouth like it was like, weird you didn't have to you just tased him you could have <laughs> just t- yeah but but nevertheless uh once again let's i'm gonna i'm gonna pass this off as a as sort of a tim burton maniacal idea that he had or whoever his direction but it's tim burton's world he could do whatever he wants yeah, and so he is electrocuted beyond recognition. Yeah, uh, but she is gone. Mannequin. She is mysteriously just disappeared. She's gone. Um, and then we get the penguin rising up out of the water, wheezing. For <laughs> my mom hated the scene so much. You know, he <clears throat> has to have this little death scene here because you think like, oh, I do like the fake out. He's gonna he finally he gets the umbrella, but yeah, he goes, oh, it's the cute one. Pick the cute one. And you feel this is actually probably the one time I do feel bad for him is this scene. And I know there were plenty of other opportunities, but this one, the guy's just just gooing all over himself. And he's uh, the heat. The heat is I never fully understood, but I guess it's so hot in there and all the fire and explosions. And he mm-hmm. fell into that stuff. And he's uh, so he's overheating. He needs a glass of cold ice water. And that part was sad for me. And the um, the I might I might shed a tear if I were to see it now where they're the penguins. Uh, kind of do. This is a weird shot. Yeah, they, these emperor penguins who are clearly dudes in suits because they're that one gigantic. time you can tell. Yeah, they are guys in suits, uh, and they are like penguin pallbearers that like take him into the water. They are, but the music by Elfman is so good. Let's. I mean, let, again, you know, the one thing we haven't mentioned is that the music. Elfman never half asses. He never half asses it, and and what he did do successfully. And this is another reason I do like the movie, <clears throat> not love, but like is that Elfman expanded on the original score, which is what a good composer does is that they give you something new but they also give you everything you want to hear right and so we have this last scene of the snowy car ride love the scene and i like to end there each year thinking about the scene like but go ahead well come what may merry christmas mr way merry christmas Albert. goodwill toward men Yeah, but no, so he, so Bruce has the cat, uh, where he gets out of the car. He's got the, well, he's got he the cat. He sees he's Catwoman. Of, yeah, he sees a shadow. He, it's definitely her, but yeah. yeah he, he, Alfred, stop the car. Yeah, he gets out of the car. He he finds the black cat. Um, yeah, he picks he's it not up. with the cat. Right. Yeah. He, he rubs his ankles. He brings it into his car. Uh, and they just, you know, they say, you know, Merry Christmas, well, Goodwill towards what, men. Yeah, come, come on, man. Merry Christmas, Goodwill yep. towards men. And yeah. then we get this last shot of the Gotham skyline, the bat signal, and then the back of Catwoman's head. Which was one of the last things to be shot. 
it was uh, an add-on, and back then this was, I believe Catwoman was going to go into Batman 3 along with Rene Russo as, I think, Poison Ivy and all this stuff. You know, I think Robin Williams, the Penguin, and whatever it was supposed to be, I would have been down for it. But yes, thus, I digress, thus ends uh, Batman Returns. Powerful ending theme by Elfman, once again giving it his all. But we've had a very rocky roller coaster ride in this one. This is not, this wasn't a triumphant through line like the original. This had a lot of interacting plot points that were sort of weaving in and out of traffic in a very sort of uh, clumsy way, I felt. Yeah, I think the reason this movie is so beloved, now we're finally here at the end here. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's the character work, ultimately. The, the look of it Definitely. and the character work, these characters are so fun to watch that the... And the and the and they're lovable. Are so they're endeared. They're, they're so good. Yeah, even as grotesque as the penguin is, you can't take your eyes off him. I mean, Devito no. crushes this. Crushes it. And so, for all you kind of forgive the plot problems because it's just like I just like watching these people on screen. Yeah, I mean, it's a staple of you know, just like Die Hard is becoming a Christmas movie. Um, you know, Batman Returns is clearly becoming, if not, you know, it already pretty much is a Christmas movie, and it's all also kind of like we did with the first one, just the impact. I mean, it really did, um, like the original, set the stage for many superhero movies to come and look and style. It's been imitated time and time again, whether it's the leather suits of X-Men or Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, the plot points, the beats, reusing the same composer. Um, you know, it's it's um, it was a slick 90s movie, whereas Batman was sort of a, a triumphant, <laughs> Batman triumphant. An end to the 80s. It was a it was an end to the 80s and kind of showcased the decade. It was very much uh, uh, an impactful movie of the 80s. This is sort of a streamlined beginning to the, the slickness and coolness and change in filmmaking styles of the 90s. This is very much a 90s Batman. And that's that's one thing I like about it is that it, it, it did as much for the industry and kind of set a lot of, of staples to come as it did story-wise take away. But visually... Character-wise, uh, production design-wise, again, special effects. I mean, they're all they're all flawless. They're of the time. They push the envelope. So, and yeah. Burton was growing too. Burton's yeah. style was changing. Yeah, and I think so. To answer kind of the question we always put at the end of the podcast about why do people still love this thing? Why mm -hmm. is it still worth being nostalgic for Batman Returns? Um, one, it's just you know. Outside of the Flash, which forget about it, um, this is your yeah. only other Michael Keaton Batman content, and it is, right. you know, there is so much to. We, again, we as much as we kind of nitpick some of the plot points, everything else in the movie is firing on all cylinders. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, again, making it a Christmas movie makes it a fun, you know, non-traditional Christmas movie to pull out every December. Yeah, but it's just it, it's good to inhabit this version of Gotham. It's just it's a cool thing to to. Yes, it's good, it's good to live in the world and be introduced to that world, kind of like some people want to go into the world of Nightmare Before Christmas, or some people want to, you know, go to the demented version of Willy Wonka in 1971. You know, there, there's that is one very, very important point is that it's it's a world that's to be lived with and enjoyed. I mean, my favorite movie, Jaws. I want to go to Amity. I want to spend time in Amity and avoid the shark attacks. But it's the same with with this version of Bo Tim Burton's Gotham is is something I do want to experience almost like I wish it were almost real. He's got such um, in the fantasy elements. He also has a grounded approach. It's so weird. It's so not real. But at the same time, he does such a good job with the shot selection and the production design and the over-the-top fairy tale elements that you sort of wish it was a real magical like winter wonderland or something right 
Um, so we've come here to the end. And so... Uh, we just started. Uh, we just started, yes. Yeah, uh, Five hours ago. Yeah. Um, easily our longest podcast, uh, but that's okay right. because there was so much to cover here. Um, yeah. So I really want to thank you for coming in and, and doing this, Alex. It's great oh, to talk you. about Batman with you again. Anytime you yeah. want it, you got you got it. It's, it's really fun. And so, yeah, uh, tell, tell the audience again about uh, where they can hopefully see the canyon. Uh, on a Warner Brothers soundstage with music by Danny Elfman. No, it's... Um, uh, well, I'm at this point, just with all the work we've been doing, and um, we released a new video that kind of gets into all the trials and tribulations that we went through. Um, we're looking most likely January 2024 uh, premiere, most likely in Laguna Beach. Uh, it'll probably be, like I said, kind of a small venue, but we'll we'll show the film. Everybody's invited. We're going to have a, a long list. Um, obviously, you're invited. We'll oh, have, well, we'll have every. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, but after that, it's going to be going straight into the film festival route, and whatever festivals take us, we'll uh, we'll be there. So I don't know all the steps, but I know we're sort of just beginning this journey after so much post production time. I mean, it just, you know, it's took over three years. It's crazy, but. Um, 2024, be on the lookout for the canyon. 2024, maybe December of this year, but I'm I'm really strongly thinking it's going to be January 2024. We'll have uh, a film to show everybody. Well, that's awesome, man. I, I, I can't wait to see it. Um, if uh, you like this show, of course, you can find us on all the socials. I'll put the links to that in the show notes rather than just list them off one by one. But we're on all the ones you can think of, including I've started a thing on TikTok, which is just me doing impressions, but it's <laughs> links to Nostalgia Mark Anim. So if you, just, if you need to see me do... Uh, uh, all the voices I do do that or just go check out our old episode where we just talked about impressions um, so that, so be on the lookout for that if you have thoughts about our recent episodes which if I'm recording this out of order should be um, last was Crash Bandicoot before that was My Best Friend's Wedding and before that was The Care Bears uh, so again we're really all over the map here um, But uh, and then I think next if things work out correctly uh, it's going to be Ghostbusters so what? Yeah, we're doing Ghostbusters next yes. uh, for New Year's. So you'll have Christmas with Batman Returns and uh, New Year's with with uh, Bustin' Makes Me Feel Good. So, oh, yeah. um, so that'll be great. Uh, so thanks again, Alex. And, uh, My pleasure. Till next time, that's one more entry in the Nostalgia Arcanum. Bang the dead bodies. Mm, 
No. I imagine mean, stuff like that goes on all the time. <laughs> I mean, I don't give a shit. I was dead. Bang me all you want. Who cares? I didn't say that. Dead body's like a piece of trash. I mean, shove as much shit in there as you want. Right. Fill me up with cream. Bang me, eat me, grind me up into little pieces, throw me in the river. Who gives a shit? You're dead, you're dead. Oh, shit. Is my mic on? Okay.